Hello everyone, welcome Billy, we're Hello. back, episode 10 We are uh, Milestone Yes, yes, definitely uh, This is episode 10 where we're going over our top 10 game of the years uh, game, Top 10 games of the year And I'm joined by a person who was once described as a former child Billy, welcome Thank you, thank you, yeah Oh, calm down people, calm down I'll insert a cheering and, thing there. <laughs> you need to. You're your adoring fans. And I'm joined uh, by someone who is a child. <laughs> it's Sean. I mean, we're basically still children. The way we, uh, oh, yeah. Yep, we have not matured in the last. Whenever we. When was that? 2019? Uh, no, 2019. We didn't meet in 2019. Uh, 2009. Um, how long was that? 13 years? 13 years? We're still children. Maturity's boring, though. Yeah, we're 13 years old. It wants mentally. to be mature. Exactly. So, yep. been away for a few weeks, which is fine, because uh, uh, some stuff came up, with belly work-wise and such. And My knees hurt. Yes, yeah, so you've been very... That's very, very busy. and a, a, lot of play, a lot of people have been very, very busy covering for other people who have been off, due to the... Yep. The coronavirus or coronavirus. Indeed, and if you're listening, then we hope um, that this finds you well and safe. Um, Indeed. With uh, everything that's going on, yeah. I, I get that it's a very uncomfortable situation for most, so I hope this does find you in good health. Oh yeah, because we haven't actually spoken. Well, I've told you the stories about how our sort of Christmas plans were ruined. We couldn't have like family over and stuff like that due to... Um, or we were supposed to go up to family's house, my cousin's house, for Christmas dinner, but we couldn't due to everyone getting COVID beforehand. Even my poor little four-month-old cousin got it. He was coughing a lot and had a lot of sniffles and slept 18 hours a day or whatever it was. He pretty much just powered through the whole thing by sleeping. Because she was only four months old. This poor little baby. I know. She doesn't even understand. Like All she knows is her feeding time and so I was saying to you is that you don't really think about like when you see like when they're talking about the amount of people who have COVID um, you know you never really think oh it's people who are aged you know 0 to 12 months um, it's always just kind of like alright it's people probably 18 and above Yeah, um, but you never actually think wait a minute that those numbers will also include like kids yeah well that's the thing like because <clears throat> the mother law cousin I look after uh, every day or Monday to Friday well, she didn't get it at all she was like you you know, everyone in the house my four month old uh, four month old cousin my cousin's uh, but a lot four month old is like my second cousin then my first cousin is the, the mother uh, she got it and her husband got it the little four month old got it but not my uh, other little cousin she didn't get it she was perfectly fine even though she was... So it must be like an immunity thing. It just must be some people who are really, yeah. really immune. But she was, still, she was still very upset because she felt like Christmas was ruined. Um, my cousin the mother felt like that way. She was really upset that she couldn't have a proper Christmas for them because they couldn't have one last year as well. Um, but they managed to make up for it a few days later. Then got their dad up and stuff like that and 
Sorry if I was somewhat normal Christmas. But yes, well, we'll should see Happy New Year to our listeners. Happy, Happy New, Year. New Year. Yes, we're in 2022. Still feels like I'm in 2020, to be honest with you, in my mindset. Yeah, I'm still I'm well and truly in 2020. <laughs> yeah, it really It's God. I was actually thinking about it today. We're nearly halfway through January. Already? I know it doesn't even feel like Yeah, so January. It was today someone mentioned, oh, it's the 11th of January, because I was asking, what's the date today? I was filling out some form or other. It was like, it's the 11th of January, and I was like, really? It's the 11th of January already. It's flying in. Uh, yeah, it's scary. So, yeah, we're doing our, our top 10 and our honorable, men- honorable mentions, but I imagine we'll probably be going back to our regular schedule now. So I imagine things have calmed down for you quite a bit. Things are um, definitely quieting down. Yeah. That's good. Um, though I should add, even though I'm saying things will go back to a, a regular weekly thing, something may come up for myself. Because uh, I've told you this privately, Bill, the boot camp thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like a three-week intensive course. I found out the hours, and it's like nine till six. Every day, five days a week. I don't uh, know it will be. So there might be, depend, I don't know when that is. It's between January and March, but they're not They're not telling me whether it's happening or not until like the week before the cohort dates that they've set in. So there's like three separate dates, and I find it a week before that date. Um, So... There just might be a time where I don't really have any game games to talk about some weeks, so it'll probably be more news focused and stuff like that. Um, but I'll try. I'll try. Or to I'll speak. just be talking. <laughs> well, just that's be a the solo thing. Show. Well, Maybe I was going to say that the, the other thing is is that you got uh, and you've been very busy since November due to life stuff plus work stuff, so you haven't really had time to play a lot of the games that I've probably that I've mentioned on my list probably. Um, so, oh, so this will be just as interesting for me as it is for anyone who might be listening. Yeah, um, so going in the weeks ahead, I imagine you'll be talking about games that I've already played, but I haven't actually had the chance yeah, to talk probably about will on be. the podcast. Because, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you, you've got a bunch of stuff that I, I think, when we start this, like September or something, so anything from let's say September onwards, um, we've already talked about. You get plenty of games that came out before then, so... Yep. It'll be good plus to go got, back to um, stuff. Plus, we have stuff like <clears throat> Dying Light. Um, that we've both got that coming out. 500 uh, hours long. Pokemon Can't wait. Five, 500 hours of killing zombies. That'll be good. I'm actually uh, really looking. Because I was thinking back. Because I, I ended up going back over some old Dying Light clips. Because Lemmy posted a thing that brought back memories of. I think I, I tagged you in the post. Uh, replying to Lemmy. Yeah, you a bit. did, yeah. Is that just him doing that brought back memories of our of our more violent clip from Dying Light. But I remember going back and just watching some old clips of that would be that's crazy to think that came out in twenty fifteen. I know. I know. Like, I still think quite fondly on Dying Light One as well. It's an absolutely brilliant game. If we were we should probably do this actually, we'll probably if there's a, a quiet week, we'll do our top ten games of the last generation or something like that. Um yeah. To sort of celebrate that. That sounds good. Closure of... I mean, it's, it's been over a year since we've been in the PS5 and Series X generation, but it'd be nice to look back on that and move away from it. But look back fondly on it as well. Uh, we're also, we've also talked about doing that Xbox episode. We'll probably do that as well. Um, maybe the next one, who knows? 
Because it's going to be a very quiet month, let's be honest. There's not really anything out yeah, until... Yeah, the end of the month, there's a couple of things. You've got Pokemon Arceus and you've got Dying Light 2. Yeah. Um, other than that, you've got... Well, this Friday, wait for it, you've got two new DualSense controllers for the PlayStation 5, the pink and the blue one. Or not the that. one I want. And uh, Everyone wants the purple one. And then, which is Sony exclusive, I believe, for the first month... I think. Oh really? Well, I don't know that. And then it goes. To, then it goes retail. Um, very popular. And then you have the you, you've got the Xbox fridges. Um, oh yes, of course. So the first wave of that's coming out at least in the UK on Friday. Oh, this week. Yes, this week. Friday. Oh, that's I, good. I believe oh, God, anyway. That's really... No, no. Is it is, is it is it is it this Friday or is it? I thought it got delayed again. For some reason, I don't know why in my head actually I was thinking it was the twenty or actually of January. I don't know. I'll keep you posted on that. Yeah, because I think I'm um, in the second wave. Yeah, you're in the second wave, so you'll get the next February. batch. Um, I'm in the first. Um, so I'll get mine. I'll get mine sooner rather than later. Um, and then other than that, there's Pokemon Arceus, and then you've got uh, Dying Light Two. February, there's a lot to talk about because um, you'll then have Elden Ring. Um, that's probably going to take up quite a bit. Um, well, just out, I'm sure there's something else out February. Uh, oh, but Horizon. Yep. Um, Horizon Forbidden West is out in February. Then and a then week March or so after February, a week after that is like Grand Turismo 7 or something, isn't it? Yep, Grand Turismo, yep, Grand Turismo 7. Um, and then you also have. Uh, What's the... Alright, actually, yeah, let's, let's just go straight to this, actually, then. So, we'll start with a bit of news first, and then we'll go into oh our... God, taking over the pocket. our game of the all year. all the structure set out, and he's rude. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> I, I don't... I just, it's, it's a quick... I want to bring this up no, really, no, really quickly, because I, I think it's quite a good thing to mention. Uh, Ubisoft Plus coming to Game Pass. Oh, yes! Uh, it was, good point, Bob. Because I was about to say, um, you've got Rainbow Six Extraction coming out. Game Pass. Um, that's coming out at the yep at the end of the month. That's going day one to Game Pass. Now this was a game that we've pretty much actively said since it first got released. Shout! Oh, I don't want. I probably shouldn't be swearing. Um, like rubbish, rubbish. Doesn't look very good. Doesn't look very good. Um, not interested. Now it's coming to Game Pass. I'll download it. Interested. I'll try it. Yes, it that's very interesting because it was it was one of those games that I was like, I wouldn't mind trying it, but I'm not going to pay sixty pound for the privilege of playing a game that I know I probably won't play that much of. Um, now, however, now it's coming to Game Pass. Yes, I will play Extraction, and yes, I probably will play a wee bit of it. I think everyone everyone will be downloading it. So oh yeah, now's yeah. the time to like, jump on that bandwagon and see see how we get on. It should be noted though that um, Ubisoft Plus. Um, is coming to Xbox at some point in the future, but it is not a part of Game Pass Ultimate like EA Access is. It's a yeah, it's a separate thing. But the you, I think what is the price of Ubisoft Pro, Ubisoft Plus twelve ninety nine a month, I think. But see for let's say for example Assassin's Creed Valhalla, like I I wouldn't mind giving that a wee bash, but I don't want to buy the full game. Yeah. Twelve ninety nine gives you access to that for a month. For me, a lot of Ubisoft games are like that where. It looks interesting, but just don't fancy paying full price. Um, See, I really want to try Riders Republic. 
Um, just like everyone's buying it in the shop, and I'm curious. Um, that's what so it's selling. Like, well, what's making it? Yeah, it's it's sold. It's, Riders Republic's done very very well. Oh. Um, but I think the reason for its success is the the price tag on it. So it went down literally within the first couple of weeks of release to about thirty pounds. Oh, um, well, that explains a lot. It, my friend it dropped it. in price really, really quickly. So you know that way when it drops it. that quickly in price. Yeah. Sorry. I say I noticed my um, friend Andrew has it because he never really because I persuaded him to get to Game Pass because I sold my old Xbox One X to him. Um, and I said to him, "Look, you should." Just get Game Pass. You don't need Xbox Live Gold. I know you're not interested in playing online, but get the eight ninety nine, wherever it is for the standard Game Pass. Get that. And he's been loving that, but then I noticed he bought Riders Republic and he asked if I had it. So he must have bought it because it was dirt cheap, and I didn't realise that. Yeah, it went down to £30 and it's it stuck. Because I've been, I've been toying with it. Like, is it worth paying that kind of money for it? But if it's... That's where you'd be like, well, I could do my... Um, Ubisoft Plus twelve ninety nine. Try it for a month, and if I like it, then go and buy it. Yeah. Um, or equally, just play it for a month, and then be like, right, okay, cool. If I, I played that now. Um, on to the next thing. Like, it's handy for that. Though I, I, I'm, I'm quite curious by Riders Republic for thirty quid. I, I have been quite tempted by it when I've seen it. Like, hmm. Mm, I would I just wonder wait what makes this popular. Yeah, I'd wait as well. That's why I've I've just been like, nah. I've eyed it up a couple of times, but then went, nah. Probably not going to bother with that. Yeah, there's other stuff that I can spend thirty pound on that I'd be that I would much rather play. Uh, like Ken of Bridge of Spirits, you know, I'd rather put my money towards that than uh-huh. Riders Republic, which I'd probably play once or twice. Yeah, I agree. That's the right decision to not get it for now. But yeah, the, as you said, the end of next month, February, is a a weird time. I've been thinking about it because Dying Light 2, which I'm very excited for, I reckon that could last me straight until the day Horizon, well, probably will, it's literally two weeks, Horizon Forbidden West comes out. But I don't know, this is where I'm, I don't see the point in buying Horizon Forbidden West and Ellen Ring at the same time because I know I'll only have time to play one of them. For one. And I've decided I want to be part of a moment. I've never been there day one for a Souls game. Oh, so where everyone is like getting together and trying to figure things out. No one knows what's going on because no one's played it yet. Whereas with the last, you know, Demon Souls and Dark Souls and stuff like that, it's very easy to, you know, get through those games because there's like millions of people, well, not millions, but like tons of people who put stuff online and says okay this is the go to this guy and get this and blah 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 grind this area that kind of thing but I've never been part of an unknown with a Souls game um, you could technically class Demon Souls but a lot of that Demon Souls from the PS5 remake is is, very, is the same as the first one um, I played that you know a few months after that came out but a lot of the stuff I used a lot of when I was looking up stuff for Demon Souls it was a lot of guys from the one from 2009 or 2010 so I've decided I really do want to be part of a a Souls game day one. And if I bought Horizon the week before, there's no way I'm going to finish that a week before. Within a week of Elden Ring coming out. And it's not like those games no. are going anywhere. Like, Horizon will always be there. 
for when I get around to it. But I've decided I really just want to experience a Souls game day one. Just and not enough. have any distractions. Because Rising Forbidden West, I mean, it will just, it's not going anywhere at all anyway. It just doesn't make sense to buy all, but to buy both of them within a week of each other. Especially when they're probably, well, I don't know if Horizon will be cheaper over time. Maybe it will. Uh, you probably find, but it might not be in necessarily now, but a couple of years down the line, you'll get it. Oh, that's, that's a weird one to kind of try and guess, considering that we're still seeing some Sony exclusives, PlayStation exclusives, priced at seventy pounds. Yeah, they're trying um, to be Nintendo, and that's like a year after release. So, like, it's crazy to think Ratchet's nearly been out for a year. Ugh, um, it's disturbing. That, it's, it's it's just crossed my mind. There, I was like, that's been nearly a year. Ratchet's been out, but like Demon Souls at the moment, like the cheapest I've seen, it's forty, which is a good price. Um, but at the moment, that because there's no Sony sale, it's back up at seventy pounds at the moment. That just feels wrong. Yeah. So I wonder if that's just going to be a thing for a wee while yet. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I think I think I'll be going for Elden Ring. A lot of people will be getting both and yeah, like I'm, squeezing I'm... both in, but I don't think I can manage that. I don't want to start Horizon then drop it off for like a few weeks, you know. Yeah, I'm really going to try my best this year to like buy a game and commit to it and finish it and not abandon it. See, I'm quite tempted to take a couple of weeks off over that time just so I can sit and play Horizon and Elden Ring. Yeah. Uh, just be like, right, I'm literally just going to stock up on energy drinks and crisps. I say I'm not going to buy it. I guarantee you I will two buy weeks. it. Uh, oh, I'm pretty confident I will as well. Yeah. Um, All this talk. I, I know I won't finish it. Yes, that's the word. Yeah, that's probably it. I probably know I won't finish it. Um, I don't know. I really. Oh, I'll sorry. probably play a lot of it and absolutely adore it, but um, I don't know if I'll. Fin- I'll I definitely won't finish it in that time. You never know. You never know. But I, I just don't see it. It seems like it a much. I'll probably be working quite a lot around then. It seems like a much grander game in scale compared to the first game, Horizon. Yeah. Um, it seems like multiple. No, the first game definitely. You'd probably be able to, if it was like in the same scale, you'd definitely get it done within the week. Yeah, you can get that done. Um, not if you just went hours. for like, yeah. Whereas this one, it's I'm guessing it's going to be about thirty to forty hours for the main campaign. Yeah, and that's without side quests or anything like that, including all your side stuff. I'm looking forward to Elden Ring though, uh, especially because it has co-op. I'm really excited, so we can actually co-op. play it through together. Yep, which will be good. It will. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Life is Strange Remastered Collection as well is out in February, which I've already got. Crossfire X, which is that first-person shooter game, is the Series X exclusive. It's a very solid first couple of months for the PlayStation, and potentially a very solid year if uh, Ragnarok comes out. Um, yep. But who knows if that will come out this year. There's rumours of that Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, has been delayed until... September, October time. That was originally, yeah, meant to be at the 20th of April, day one on Game Pass, Mm -hmm. but there's rumours that's been delayed. Um, So, that may not happen. The main question that's on, there's the main question that everyone's wondering Has LEGO Star Wars been delayed again? (laughs) Or will that get delayed again? (laughs) It makes me worry that that it will because you've not heard anything about a release date 
yet. Um, the Sky- Skywalker saga. Yeah, it says here quarter one, quarter two. Saga. So yeah, between so now and June. To me, that's yeah. So I'm I'm a bit worried that might get delayed again. Not like I, I want to play it, but I'm not itching to play it. Like you know, there's a lot of people that we get into the shop who are like, is this out yet? Yeah, I, I need it, and you're like, no, it's been delayed. So you, you get a lot of people over Christmas time coming in asking, "Can it's I get a copy Christmas of this?" Like, it's, yep, can I get a copy of this? Like my my son has asked for it for his Christmas. Um, that's pretty much all he's asked for, and you're like. No, that's the the game's not out yet. It's not out till, uh, not out till like spring of next year. And they just kind of look at you like, well, what are you going to do about it? And like, oh, let me just quickly print you off a copy from around <laughs> the back. It'll be two seconds. God, people. Well, there's quite a lot of games here that a big, very large list that don't have a date yet. And it kind of puts them just into perspective, like how often we go into a new year not knowing when games are coming out. I mean, obviously you get your usual I know. CODs and your Maddens and your FIFAs. You know when they're they're coming out, but really the only months of the year we have a solid calendar of games is from now until March. After that, it's kind of like, who knows? Mm. No, that's Sons of the Forest. This, this Forest 2 is coming out in May. May. It's only on Windows. Um, but yeah, anyway. Lots of Exciting stuff to uh, to come out, which I'm sure we'll be playing. But hopefully, you make a good dent on your backlog before Dying Light comes out. I have a massive backlog, and it scares me. It's <laughs> chunky. Well, how, but, how about you I, list I off the games you have got to play, so we get an idea of the ones ahead. What we'll be discussing? Uh, right. So, <laughs> um, Deathloop, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, so I've got. Returnal. Oh, did you get that? Uh, Spider-Man Miles... Sorry? Did you get that? Last time we talked, uh, you didn't have that. I go- oh, yeah. I, I picked up Returnal because I got a reward from work. Um, so I don't pay anything for it. Oh, that's good. Um, So I, I went down and on, like the pre-owned price went down to... I think it was about £40 or something like that. Um, And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy that. Because uh, I, ha- I had the money on my points card, so it doesn't actually cost me anything. So I've got a copy of Returnal. Um, I've also got a copy of Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I've more or less seen the, the entirety of, so I'm in no rush to play that. But I'm looking forward to playing it um, nonetheless. But I'm not in a rush right now. Uh, I also have Spider Man Miles Morales. I have Ratchet and Clank. I've got Death Stranding. Notice the theme of all the Sony exclusives. Um, I've also got um, I've got so many games I can't even remember what I do and don't have to play. Um, Halo Infinite. Um, I've, I've got plenty of Skyrim still to play. Um, <laughs> There's always time for Skyrim. Skyrim to play. Always time for Skyrim. Uh, still got Halo Infinite to finish. Tales of Arise to finish. Um, I think those are kind of like my main ones at the moment, and then obviously what you have on top, so like Pokemon Arceus I'm nearly finished Pokemon uh, Shining Pearl, I'm at the very end of that now, just need to beat the champions 
and I think that's pretty much it for for now. In terms of like games I really want to finish, I need to basically just lock myself in the in my room with my PS5 and work my way through all those exclusives. Oof. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> I've got I've got a massive backlog. I I really need to just I'm I'm honestly tempted just to ask for a couple of weeks off and then do nothing but sit and work my way through that backlog. I would do it. Um, just do it. Just to just to see how just see how much I can get done because I reckon if I just go for it, I'd get a lot of them done fairly quickly. Yes, yeah, or I'll go I could on get how long to beat and order it by length. Yeah, like get the shorter ones done first. I really want to play Death Stranding. I'm kind of fancying something like that, but I'm holding off because that's one of the longer ones. So I'll probably jump into I'll probably jump into Guardians first. Because I really want to play yeah. that, and then I'll go on to I'll probably then go on to like Miles Morales. Yeah, that's a nice short one as well. Um, and then also you've got Final Fantasy fourteen and Walker. Uh, oh yeah, you've yeah. got that as well, which again is like a campaign. The, the story for that's long, so it's. I think that's probably one I'll just like chip over time when I'm like I can't be bothered playing such and such. I'll just jump on there and do a wee bit of the story. And I'll just get caught up eventually. Um, so that's my plan. Is that I think I'll get Pokemon finished, play Guardians, and then Miles Morales, and then take it from there. Sounds good. A lot to get through before the big games come out in a few weeks. Uh, I know. <laughs> it's just going to keep growing. Too much. Just good. I know. That's the thing. Is that I know there are some games that I'm just going to have to admit I'm not going to play you for quite a while well, things like um, Walker you can I need, chip away at overtime and stuff yeah that's what I'm thinking I need to finish Tales of Arise as well I don't know whether maybe to do that before starting something new just finish the games I've already started that might be the the way to do it that's a long game though it is a long game you finish, like, oh that's three... not as long as other Tales games it's, I think that's only about 30 hours long no it's like 50 what is it yeah According to how long to beat anyway. No. So oh. I'm guessing if you just well, that's just they say on there that's just the story, not including extras. Oh, all the side stuff. Yeah. I'll have a quick look. Actually, before we continue, uh, are you using your? I don't know if you are or not. Are you using your noise cancellation? But it's forty hours. Sorry, forty. Hour. I am. Okay, good. That's not too bad. That's not too yeah, bad. Using- uh. Part me down to an acceptable volume just to make just to be safe. I'm not uh, bleeding through your mic and uh, having it echo because that's happened a go. couple of times. Oh, hold on. Oh. Before we continue, I'll not edit this out. I'll just keep. Oh, God. Maybe I will edit it actually. My throat's going. <clears throat> there we go. Do I sound okay? Yeah, yeah, you sound fine. Cool. Right. Well, Billy's went over his. Uh, <laughs> Very large backlog. <laughs> very large backlog of games with some that very, I need to play. Some very, very good games on that back in that backlog. I know. I'm really, really looking forward to them playing them. I just really haven't had much of a chance to. Well, to be to be fair, when I'm coming in, I'm playing Forza and Skyrim. <laughs> that's that's what I need to stop doing. This of just great like games though. Jumping on the, they are good ones to go to, um, but they're just like comfort games where you're like right. I'm just going to go play this for a couple of hours before then 
going to bed or something, you know. I need to kind of get into the mindset of, hey, if you've got a massive backlog to get through and some amazing games to play, go play them. I think you'll get there. How much notice do you need to give your yeah, work before I'm... you can take an extended period of time off? Yeah. Do you need to give uh, a long notice? So can you do well, it like instantly? Not really. I can, well, I can pretty much just ask for, by the way, I want a couple of weeks off. Can I get next week off? <laughs> um, like, usually my manager is quite lenient on that. Um, but obviously, you know, the more notice, the better. Right. Well, you should definitely do it. Just get out of the way. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm toying with it. I've been threatening to do it for ages and I've got tons of holidays to take, so I'm toying with just doing it. I think you should. I think it will ease in the burden once the newer games come out. Because then you'll be thinking, yeah. oh, I've got all these other games to play, but now Elven rings out. That kind of thing. So I would go for it. Treat yourself. Yeah. I might just be like, you know what? I've worked hard. Can I get a couple of weeks off? Or even just a week. I could get a couple of things done in a week. I think so. Just get the quicker ones out of the way. Like your Mileses and stuff. Anyway. Oh, yes. Anyway. So we're moving on to our top 10, but should we start with just for honourable men- honorable mentions first? Yeah, so I've only got five written down at the moment. I do have 10, though, um, that I can easily talk about. Um, so like, I've got my game of the year top five, uh, but I let's start with yield. Well, try to think what's the best way to do this. Is honorable? Are, you, are your honorable mentions just like stuff that you've played that didn't necessarily come out last year? Uh, well, that's the thing I was going to say. I was going to preface this before we're saying. I don't know what your top fives. I have a top ten. We're not. I'm not being strict about this. I'm not saying to Bill like you have to have a top ten or you're not coming on this podcast. That kind of thing. Very. Oh, he may have a top five. I that's know. fine. Uh, I have a top ten. I also have honorable mentions, but all the honorable mentions that I have. Uh, our games that came out this year, but you're more than welcome to include, because I know you played some games this year that came out last year, that's fine. Even if they're in the top five as well, like, I don't mind. Uh, um, so it's not a, a massive okay, deal. I'm going to stick as my top five then. Um, just because I am quite comfortable with my top five, I just feel like if I go for ten, I'm just going to start being a bit... Um, just kind of looking at my list now, and I'm like, actually, I probably could... Get a top ten. Uh, Let's go for that for number six. <laughs> Very last minute. <laughs> I'm literally doing it. Like, <laughs> fair to, to be fair, um, I was changing mine up literally the night before because it kind of is very much of a in the moment type list. Um, yeah, I actually looked back over my twenty was it nine twenty 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 list. And I looked at that list and thought, what was I thinking back then when I made this list? So I completely moved things around this year for games, the top 10 games I played last year. 2019 I've left. I think 2019 is really solid. I'll read them out actually while you're sorting news out. So 2019 for me, number 10 was Untitled Goose Game. Number 9 was Blood, Blood and Truth. Great game. Number 8, Life is Strange 2. Number 7, A Plague Tale Innocence. Number six, Death Stranding. <clears throat> Number five, I probably would have put this game, this game actually a little bit lower. Thinking about it now, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, but I really enjoyed that game at the time. 
Anything game. Number four, The Outer Worlds. Number three, Resident Evil 2. Number two, Control. And number one, was Outer Wilds. Which is a very, a very solid list. Um, I've got lists going back to 2016, so I've been doing this since 2016, where I just keep track of all the games I finished. And this year is the biggest year. The Because we had that five-month <laughs> lockdown. Um, oh, I know. Where a lot of games were played. A lot, a lot of Sea of Thieves. Let's give a shout out to Sea of Thieves. Yeah, Sea of Thieves deserves an honourable mention. Even though it didn't come out like the last year, but we put a lot of time into that game last year, and it really and the year before, like Sea of Thieves got us through a lot of dark times. It did, and it brought many moments of joy. Right, I've got my top ten. Hot off the presses, he's finished his top ten. Off the press, this has literally just come in, so that I might be listening to this back in like a year's time and go like, <laughs> no, no, well, or even like tomorrow, we'll just be like, edit, edit it. The fair with this podcast, we need to re-record this. This podcast came together at yep. the last minute anyway, so um, not a lot of prep was put in. But the next episode, I, I think the next episode should be uh, uh, the Xbox one where we'll put a bit more effort in scripting. So yeah, we'll talk about our favourite memories and stuff like that, so I'll just say to Bill, like, think of your favourite things from that generation and your favourite games, just to talk about briefly. Um, whereas this, I've prepared, I prepared this list like last week, but as I was saying earlier, like I've actually changed this multiple times since then. From like replaying the games that I haven't touched since they came out and playing them again, I thought, oh yeah, I really like this, so then I moved up higher and put things down lower. But anyway, let's begin with honourable mentions, Bill, so how about you start with your honourable mentions? So, first one was, was we've already covered it, Sea of Thieves. Um, oh, yes. That was my first honourable mention. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. Um, it's, like you said, it's, it was just a bit of escapism in a time that was pretty rubbish. Um, yeah, because that the Pirates of the Caribbean just going around. stuff yep. came out this, last year. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that we had the Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. stuff, which we've sunk quite a wee bit of time doing all the, t- uh, all the tales for that. Um... Yeah, Sea of Thieves. Absolutely excellent multiplayer game. Like if you've got a couple of pals to go and sit play it with, hundred percent just go and play it. You'll yeah. won't regret it. You'll have a lot of fun with it. I remember that night we um, were playing Sea of Thieves the night lockdown was announced. We all just went on to yep, Sea of Thieves. I remember and like, that as well and we're sitting there. All innocent thinking, Oh, it's two that, weeks. <laughs> I know I was like, Oh, three weeks off, can't wait. Oh, yeah, three, three months it. later. Yeah. Uh, so we might be going back to work soon. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was that was. I still, I still remember that night so clearly as well. It's like so vivid in my mind. No, that no. Ever, the, like the events of the first lockdown. Um, then I'd like sitting talking about it with LK, and then, uh, obviously going through and talking to like yourself on Sea of Thieves about it, and like, oh, this is so exciting. We're gonna go play games, and then. Getting the phone call saying, "Can you be in at work tomorrow to go make sure everything's locked down, That's and right. recalls are done, and all that nonsense?" Um, get to pack stuff up to send away. Um, yeah, was that the maternal was just out at that time, so we had to, to go send away like all the. It was the maternal and Animal Crossing were like the two games that just came out at that time, and it, I right. think you know, game were obviously like, well, there's hundreds of copies of these. In our shops. Hey, I just mentioned, I accidentally mentioned the name of the company I work for. <laughs> um, <everyone. laughs> 
like there's uh there's hundreds of copies of these games in stores um let's you know you know we we need them for the website so we can because obviously online would have been booming at that point and that's just wasted money sitting there yeah it makes sense so that they were pretty much like get these get the following items so it was like consoles and games all had to be recalled back to the warehouse at that time so that was that was my that's that's boring. No one wants to listen to that. But what we're always saying um, is that CFPs was there for a lot of the stuff that happened, and it's whenever we yeah. look back on that period of time later in our lives, CFPs will always pop up. A very important. Well, indeed. So I, I worthy of mention, even though it didn't come out last year, but still played indeed. a big part in our lives. Anyway, Bo, go ahead. Uh, my next one is I'm good. I haven't mentioned it in my top ten. I feel like you might have, but I haven't purely because it wasn't a game that came out last year. Um, the Forest. Oh yes, of course, The Forest. Uh, oh yeah, we had a <laughs> so yeah, we had some very good times on that. Played tons of The Forest. Got some really because we mentioned good memories. Yep, I mentioned Sons of the Forest. Um, so he's tearing the, through the, our the, the forest. Is... <laughs> yeah, it was what, what was it the the Stomper. We were sitting there making our defences, thinking, yes, yes, it's looking good. <laughs> we're quite proud of our defences, and this Stormer literally come, uh, Stomper comes in and destroys the entire <laughs> camp. It literally just looks at it, and it just gets destroyed. I remember he like, um, did a people's elbow on a bridge, and it just broke the bridge in one... <laughs> yeah, it tore our bridge apart. It was one of the funniest... <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I've seen in a game. It was just... <laughs> it's just, like, it just you going um, it's tearing everything apart tearing it was just we were spent it was like it's, we spent hours hours building that camp up you and those big got destroyed in a battered... point out and had them all lined yeah, up and had like rows of them and stuff like that and those things that fly up as well when you stand on them um, just like rows and rows of stuff, and we're like, this feels because we had, we're on the coast. The sort of every, if anyone who's played it, there's a part where you're on the coast, and there's like an island just off the coast. So we built a bridge from the coast to that island, and our islanders are sort of our, our home area. But we built these ma- this massive line of defenses along the coastline. So you'd have to have this massive, basically, you'd have to spend a long time if you were just a regular player trying to get through that to get to our, or you could up the hill and go down the hill and swim to the island i guess but we're more thinking about the ai and that, that i suppose but we built this long line of defenses with things that you can these catapults that throw can throw rocks at monsters these big spikes that fly up all that then i think we were out doing stuff and late in the night trying to find stuff and then we ran back home and i remember we we're getting chased by them or something like that or was it or you were getting chased by one of them because I was up in the hill getting more was, logs. No, no, it was Roman that was getting chased by them. I think. I don't think. I, I think I was actually at the camp at the time, like building stuff. I remember I was coming up off that hill. You know what? We go up that hill, and there's like all those trees that we chopped down. Um, just to mm. the left of the camp. I remember I was just walking down from that, and Sutton Roman was running from the forest, just the head of the camp, the defenses, to the camp itself, and then this just big the stomper guy just. Just ran right through the defenses and just started crushing everything and you know, people's <laughs> elbowing per Roman on the ground and breaking the bridge. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> just tore right through the cab and just destroyed the whole thing. <laughs> the thing you spent like five hours on. <laughs> no no. Oh god, and this matter like in the blink of an eye. <laughs> 
feet. <laughs> Still stupid. Oh. Uh, and that was a moment where I wish <laughs> we were screaming. Uh, oh, yeah, because you'd just be like, you know, that that's that was perfect content. It's just, just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's just absolute mayhem. <laughs> it kind of sums up us, really. It's the same thing in Sea of Thieves. Like, we plan out our Sea of Thieves thing. We, you know, raid the island to get all, this, all these materials and cannonballs and planks and stuff like that. And we're like, all this food. We're like, right, we're ready to go to battle in a little uh, shuttle ship, whatever you call them. The little mini ships come along. Oh, a slip. A slip comes along and just de- decimates us. Uh, and just sinks <laughs> us. One person on a slip. We're not very good at playing games. No, especially survival games. See if That's what will make us really, really funny, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is our inability to actually play games. Remember that time we got involved with this streamer who was streaming at the time? This woman who was streaming? And then... Uh, we joined up in, with them in a, uh, it's not a voyage, would you call it? Like a clan or something? You know, you can like put your flag uh, up yeah, and yeah. a, a thing oh, together with people. Um, a galleon, not galleon. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, was... And a group, basically. And what we weren't aware of is that all the text chat, because Rowan was talking through from text to speech. All the text chat would come up on the screen, but we weren't what we weren't aware of was the text chat would also show up on other people's screens that we were teamed up with. And then I remember Roman talking about how big a shite was when he went to the toilet. Then I went on the stream. I just saw Roman's message talking about taking a big shit. <laughs> so all these people that were watching oh, the stream, that was so good. The women who streamed it just saw this message about Roman taking a massive dump. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that was great. Good times. I was just so that's just such a that was so funny. Yeah, it really so was. So funny. It was awesome. Anyway. The Forest. Yeah. Another great game, as we said, the sequel Sons of the Forest, I think, is coming out this year. No console release as of yet, but hopefully we'll come out in console. Anyway, well, go ahead. Uh so next honorable mention for me, I'm gonna go with and it's again it's it's like it's Astrobot's adventure. Oh. Um, that's my next honorable mention. Uh, I would. It was one of the best things I played last year, but it is very much a tech demo. Yeah, um, yeah. Rather than an actual game, so I I didn't feel like it was really right to sort of go like, how, oh, this tech demo is amazing over this you know big AAA title. Uh, but. If you own a PlayStation Five and you've not played Astrobot Adventure, please do so. Yeah, um, it's a cracking Wii game, and it's a good throwback to what Sony is or what PlayStation is to a lot of people, especially if you've been there since the PlayStation One era, where you've seen it go from PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, Three, Vita, PSP. Oh yeah, you've basically seen it do the rounds. Very um, nostalgic. Really, really, really. Good very, very nostalgic. Yeah, exactly. It's an amazing um, legacy that Sony have, and I wish. They respected that more at times. Uh, built up from what they... Basically what they built up from until where they are now, where they're... No matter how the fanboys try and spin it, the Xbox fanboys, like, this is much, as a much bigger, more popular console than the Xbox. And very important to me in my life. Uh, and going through that game, where they refer back to each of those consoles... And all the little accessories you could mess around with and take a look at and stuff like that it was just really sort of put into perspective how 
uh, important PlayStation is for me as a gamer. Because a lot of people started from there. 100%. It's a great little game. It's a really beautiful little testament to the legacy that they have. Uh, and I highly recommend you play it. Mostly because it's probably still going, still the best way of demoing a DualSense. Any game after that has come out is, just hasn't been as good, in my opinion, with the DualSense stuff. They do some really cool stuff with the DualSense. So it's a good demo for that. Highly recommend it. It's, it's really good. 100%. Anyway, well, go ahead. Uh, so my last one, and this will come as no surprise to you or to anyone who's actually listened to this, um... Fallout 76. <laughs> that is a, yeah, that's a good point. Should... We played a lot of that as well this year, or last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, especially a... around this time. They... It was this time last year, wasn't it? We put a lot of time into it. Yeah. Um, it was around this time last year, like tons and tons of time into Fallout. Um, it's it's because the game has just evolved. It's evolved and uh, you know changed so much since what it was when it, the game first came out, where it was just hollow and empty and lifeless and not a lot going on um, versus what it is now, where it's actually got a wee bit more, you know meat to it, there's an actual story to it, and there's NPCs decisions which can affect how the game's played um, how you play the game, like whether you want to play with guns or hammers, that kind of thing, um, they've taken a lot of good changes or they've made a lot of good changes to that game uh, that was needed. Badly, badly needed. Yeah, the practical um, stuff. They'll bring back Nuclear Winter. Yeah, Nuclear Winter, that was a... We played a good chunk of that last year as well. Uh, not last year, but 2020 yeah. as well. I feel like it's a bit of a shame getting rid of it, actually, like just taking it out of the game altogether. I feel like it didn't need to be ripped out totally. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, But hopefully they'll bring it back as some form of event or something, but obviously the player base was more in adventure mode. But yeah. that... You know, Fallout Worlds doesn't really seem to be doing much at the moment. Whenever they, you go on it, the lobbies are always dead. Made a they read the room completely wrong in that one because they were like because everyone was demanding yeah. <clears throat> like private servers where you can do your own thing with your friends and mod it and stuff like that. But then instead of mm-hmm. delivering on that, we're just allowing private servers. Uh, they created Fallout Worlds, tied it to Fallout First, and since it is just dead. Other yeah. the it's just dead, it's bad. Every time I went on there the last few weeks, uh, I think it was a, a few weeks ago, maybe it was late last year, I can't remember, I went on and I thought, that sounds quite fun, where the jumping was like insanely high, like you could jump up and you'd be like twice the size of my house in the game. I thought, that oh. was just awesome. And I ran around and it was crazy. Well, there's no fall damage, but you just jump really high. You could jump as high as a power line. Um, And there's like one other person in there. And I was like, well, no wonder, because there's nothing really else to do other than jump around. Like nothing that it you, you can progress story. Yeah, it doesn't progress story. It doesn't progress your progress within the game. You can't bring anything you found within that to the normal adventure mode, which makes sense because then it would just break the economy of the adventure mode. So it was just a really weird. They spent a lot of time on that feature that ultimately just completely fell flat on its face when it first came out, and a lot of people wanted a lot of the stuff they promised that would be out there this time, uh, end of last year, which was the. Uh, Adventure stuff, not the adventures, the expeditions where you go to Washington DC and stuff like that. A lot of people were really excited about that, but going back to the Capital Wasteland and that kind of stuff, and that's been delayed and there's no date in mind for when that's coming out. So a lot of the, I've been watching, there's this guy, I highly recommend watching him if you are a 
Fallout 76 fan, and if you are one, you probably know of him. His name is Juicehead, and he like goes over a lot of stuff. And he made a good video about like him being concerned about the state of Fallout 76 and how there's really no solid plan ahead of what's happening. And it's just in a weird place at the moment where when you compare it to games like um, Fortnite, where they do events fairly regularly, whereas in this, it's like they do an event and there's months go by where nothing happens. And the event that comes out is like just this repeatable, grindy event where you need to play it every day for like three months just to get anything out of it. Uh, see if, like, um, see for me, the way I would kind of describe it, well, the way I was kind of thinking about it is that think about it's, you know, as Big Brother almost, Elder Scrolls Online. Um, yeah. So if you think of Elder Scrolls Online and what that is, so it's obviously a big MMO. It's just recently received, it recently got it's Skyrim, or is it Black, the Blackwood it's called? Blackwood, Blackwood yeah. expansion. Uh, so big massive expansion with a whole new story to it. New classes, that kind of thing. Uh, and that's happened. So how many expansions are there now to ESO, so you've got there's one like one every year. The way they've supported supported that game is like really impressive. Like every year around June, there's a big expansion for it, and I think in the next couple of weeks they're announcing another one where they're announcing a place that's never been uh, discovered before or something like that. It's like this island off the coast, and it seems like it has um, uh, sea battles involved as well. By the looks of it, which. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really the then, way they've supported that game is incredible compared to something like Fallout seventy six, where it just feels like there's never hasn't been anything major since the Wastelanders update. That was in twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. Which was that was going to be my point. Um, Sorry, what has Fallout seventy six received in its lifespan? Other than regular updates, it's like one. Would you even call it an expansion? The Wastelanders. It's just. It was basically like a a soft relaunch of the game. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, that's a good point. Actually, I would describe it as a relaunch. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even an expansion. So what Fallout seventy six gets is events every now and again, which is again, like you said, that you maybe set grind for maybe a couple of days, get what you want, stop doing it, and then you go back to the usual thing, which is. Not much, to be honest. Um, you go do your daily quests, you go try and grind for stuff, uh, you maybe do your like, you know, your daily op, that kind of thing. And maybe some, you know, if you've got a couple of quests that are sitting there, you maybe do them. But it's not as if, you know, those quests are coming quickly. It, it's You're waiting months. So there'll be those who are, like, you know, regular players of the game who will sit and they'll play it probably quite faithfully most days. And it's like, what do you do after you've finished all the content stuff? Like, other than grind for maybe certain weapons, there's not really a whole lot to do. Yeah. It's in a really um, it's in a weird limbo that, right now. Yeah, it needs something big, like a big expansion to get people like, ooh, okay. It needs I'm another area. Another Rather map. than, yeah, a whole new area. Get people excited about playing it again to discover new things because it's all just the same. You go on and you're just like, right, okay, cool. Um, I but you know I remember doing this. You know, admit I say you haven't played it in a few months' time, but I remember doing this a few months ago. It's that's where I fall down with it is that it really, really needs 
a big expansion. It needs something to kind of lift people into like loving that game again, or like at least getting curious about going to play it. Like bring back some more people. Because I thought Fallout Worlds might have been that. Yeah, it, it hasn't. Not at all. Um, so let, let's let, let's see what happens with it later in the year with like the excursions and you know other content that they're bringing out for the game. But I think what they really need is to basically bring out a whole new area that people can go and you know they can go build plots you know build their their houses in this new area they can go explore it new quests just a whole new experience for the game a far harbor type deal they're able to do something like that i agree uh, and fallout 76 i mean they have mentioned that's something they've wanted to do um, and I think uh, being on Game Pass now has helped a lot because a lot of new people, every time you go on to it, there's always someone who's level one just coming out of the vault. So there's always yeah, new players. Be... It's just whether they stick to it or they not stick. is the, uh, the main question. Uh, yeah, we'll end that there in Fallout 76. But yeah, it needs improvements. And yeah. I'm not sure if I'll get there or not because I remember, I can't remember, I think it was on a video or something where it said, they predicted to have a, another five years of lifespan or something like that. And I don't know if that was from... I don't know how they're going to get another five years out of that game. But I don't know if that's from... I don't mean from like this year or five years on or from there, but I think it was like a couple of years ago. So it's probably got... I think Even it, still? I think it's maybe got two years left in it for content. But the last year, content-wise, it was very, very thin. So that doesn't mean the next two years is going to be jam-packed full of stuff. I don't Do know. they need to license out the Fallout name to someone. I'd like Obsidian to have another go yeah. at making a Fallout game because New Vegas is brilliant. Yeah, uh, That's what I would quite like because what Obsidian's working on, there's their Skyrim ripoff. Um, and then they've also got Outer Worlds 2 that they're working on. But once they get their, you know, their version of Skyrim out, you know, we could easily get a team start working on Fallout. Yeah, you never know. And they all work under the same banner of Microsoft, so... Yeah, you just never know. Oh, wow. Just saying. I think... Because I, 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 if you then look at it like this, so Daddy Todd is working on <laughs> Starfield, which is out November of this year. God. Ten months if away. If it comes out November of this year. I have a feeling it will. Yeah. I don't think Microsoft will not let it come out. I, mean, I think right now, I, I think yeah, Todd I, I, gave an update on a Reddit EMA and he said the game is... You can play it from start to finish. They're just doing polishing up now. Yeah. And then by polishing up for Bethesda, that means it's probably just, you know, uh, we'll, we'll find bugs probably when that game comes out. That's that's, that's, a, real, a, that's a good point. Yeah, because like, when Fallout 4 came out, I remember a lot of the... I remember Jeff Gershman was making like a, a big, and rightly so, a big deal of it that he felt like the console versions of Fallout 4 were just a mess in launch. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of the fanboys criticize them for that, but it's true. Like, they haven't had a good, they can't keep getting away with it now. The Jesse Pinkman mean, no, uh, they, they really can't, though. Uh, I think the last straw was Fallout 4 for a lot of people. And if the neck, if Starfield comes out and it's in a similar state where it's just a mess, then oh, this is the thing it's a Starfield Series X and PS5 only. No, I don't think so. Let's have a look. I don't actually know. Not actually 100% sure, to be brutally honest with you. I'd, I'd hope so. Let's check the wiki. Yes, it is. Thank goodness. Oh, it is. 
Right, I think we'll be in a much better position, okay, so- uh, knowing that it's Series X. Well, Series X only, sorry, it's not coming on PS5. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, me. I forgot. I keep forgetting. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, we both made errors on that one. Nah, it's not coming out in PS5. Yeah, I don't know why I um, keep forgetting that. Xbox exclusive. Yeah, it's only out on Series X and S and Windows. So actually, that's maybe a you know probably a better thing because they're more focused on just a couple of pieces of hardware instead of you know PS4, PS4 Pro, Xbox One, Xbox One X. PS5 and Series X and Series S, all these different platforms. So now that they're stuck to just uh, one set of hardware uh, generation for the one company, I reckon the the, the Q and A process, not Q and A, Q A process, will be a lot easier. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm hoping it will have a smooth launch. Maybe, I'm hopeful as well. Maybe it, maybe it was originally meant to be earlier. But they said, well, let's just delay it until 11, 11, 20, 22, or whatever it is, just to polish it as just much as possible. Just to make sure possible. it's good. But that's yeah. insane to think that's 10 months away. It really doesn't feel like it. The fact that we're going to be seeing this game in like five months' time, the actual gameplay of it, is wild. And that five months will just oh, no, I can't wait. creep up very quickly. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited as well. It's been a long time. A long, long time. I mean, you can technically count 76 as a Bethesda Game Studios game, but they just assisted on it because uh, I think it was like Beth- not Bethesda Austin, Bethesda Game. Oh, there was, was somewhere in Austin where they bought this former MMO studio and changed it to a Bethesda Studio, and they worked on seventy six. But then a fear to get the game out the door, Bethesda Game Studios came in, uh, or Softworks. I can't remember what the name of the actual studio is. I think it's Game Studios. Anyway. Yeah, Starfield coming out this year should be fun. So, Bill, any more honorable mentions? No, no, that's me for my honorable mentions. We spent a wee bit of time <laughs> talking about them. I know. I'll go <laughs> through my tangents uh, very quickly. Some of these people might have expected. Well, actually, maybe not because we didn't have the podcast at the time. Though maybe, yeah, actually, actually, some of these games. So, my honorable mentions. Uh, I might try Dread. A solid. No? Metroid I thought I might have made your top 10. No, I mean, I'm looking at my top 10, I'm like, this is a really, really good top 10. And it probably could have fit in there if I didn't play a certain, a couple of uh, games, that I, if I didn't play those certain couple of, certain, no, no, can't speak. If I didn't play two certain games, it probably would have been on there, along with another game. But yeah, Metroid, it's a really solid Metroid game, Metroidvania game, but I've played better games that are in the same vein. I think I would rather play through Ori in the Blind Forest than play through Metroid Dread again. I think those games, mm-hmm. that game is a much better game and more enjoyable. Metroid Dread, Metroid Dread gets just really frustrating at times. Because uh, it locks off certain areas, but then you get lost where you have to try and find how to get through to the next area. And it's like there's one tiny little block you have to shoot with your rocket launcher to get through to the next area. So there's plenty of times where I get lost. Also, the, the Emmys, which are these segments where I've discussed it before in the previous podcast where these sort of uh, enemies where you have to sort of sneak by them and there's just way too many of those in the game and it gets a bit boring after a while um, I know that they were trying to go for there but it just didn't land with me towards the end and yes it is difficult bosses wise the last boss especially but it wasn't enough to put me off the game 
Um, I, st- I still really enjoyed it. It took me 15 hours. I came up with it thinking I really enjoyed that. Was, I really like the Metroidvania-style games. But I think there's better ones out there. I don't understand why people are saying this is the greatest game ever made in terms of Metroid. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I think it, was, it feels like going back to basics for that kind of style of game. I like the newer games that have come out. They're in that vein, but I've added a bit, a bit, a bit more to them to make it a bit more interesting. Still very good though. I still mm-hmm. recommend playing it if anyone uh, likes those type, types of games to experience where it all started, basically. Uh, the next one, this isn't in any particular order, I'm just reading off a list. Life is Strange Two Colors. A really solid Life is Strange game. But there's just other games in my top ten that I felt stronger about. It's not my favourite Life is Strange. I think it's better than two. It's a beautiful game. The facial animations in the game are absolutely incredible. Still probably the best looking game in terms of facial animations this year. It's really amazing how good that game looks. And I do highly recommend playing it if you're like your episodic uh adventure games. Um we discussed that in a pre-year podcast, so if you really want to hear my deeper thoughts on that, you can go back and listen to a, a certain episode. Can't remember which one, but we don't have many, so it wouldn't take long to go through to find it. Um, huh. <laughs> uh, the next one is definitely worthy of a top 10, and plenty of people have put it in their top 10, but I haven't because uh, I feel stronger about other games in my top 10, and that is Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. A very solid oh. Ratchet & Clank game. Interesting. I think we were duped a little bit by Insomniac because they really pushed on the loading time stuff. Not that the loading times are bad or anything like that. I just mean the transitioning between worlds. Um, the whole thing about re- right. these rifts opening up and you're like going between all these levels like that it happens like three times. It's not a really a big feature of the game. The way they made it seem when you're playing the game is that it happens often and you're going to all these different areas all the time within your levels. You're really not. It really is just a standard Rash and Clank game where the environments are a little bit more ambitious. It looks absolutely stunning. And you do have these very small segments within levels that you can go into that are rifts, but they're basically just a puzzle room. So they're really not doing anything too drastically different other than the fact that you can go into these areas a little bit quicker than normal. But they just have this flashy transition where you shoot your hook onto it and you get pulled into this sort of other area. And it is impressive when it happens, but it's just like walking through a door, basically. So the, the massive, like, you know, rifts where you're going in and out of these different planets and stuff like that really quickly and that kind of stuff, they, they only happen a couple of times, three times. But it makes sense because if that happened all the time, that's just a lot of assets being used up for something that will probably get old eventually anyway. And it is impressive when it happens, but it, it, I came away thinking, oh, this really is just another Ratchet and Clank game. You play it at first, you think, oh, this is fun, like all these crazy weapons, then you get all the weapons, you find the two or three weapons that you like and stick with, and you just use them for the rest of the game, even though you get all these other weapons later on, that you try out once for the sake of getting a trophy, and then you just like, okay, I'll probably never use this again, uh, and go back to the standard two or three that I really like. Um... It is Ration Clank through and through. They're not really doing anything different, to be honest. If you played the Ration Clank, the PS4 game, it's basically just more of that, honestly. And I went back on the back of that, I came away thinking I really, I really enjoyed it. Like, it's a really solid game. And off the back of that, I went and bought the HG Trilogy collection on the PS3. Um, just to, because I've all, prior to that, I've only played through the first two. And I played some of the ones that came out on PS3. And it's kind of amazing how similar it is to the PS2 games. 
Um, they really have just made the same game over and over <laughs> for a long time, but it's still fun. Like, you know, it's still a really good game. Uh, and it's still worth playing. But it's not a top 10 game, in my opinion. Though it is one of the best looking games this year. Uh, another one, uh, The Forgotten City, which I was hoping would be really high, um, which would be on my list, to be honest with you. Right up my street, everyone knows I'm a big Outer Worlds fan, and I like my time loop games, and I was hoping this would be one of those, but it really wasn't for me. Like, the story is interesting. You know, you're this guy who you wake up on the side of this river, this woman uh, called Karen uh, wakes you up, and you're confused, you remember, the only thing he remembers is your name. And you travel through this to this sort of temple thing, you fall through it, and you end up in this underground Roman city that's stuck in time, in this time loop. And your aim of the game is to find a way to escape this time loop and basically reset the time loop over and over to get more information and take that into the next loop and try to figure, way out, figure different ways out of the, out of the area. And... It was good. It was fine, but I didn't really. It didn't really grab me the way it grabbed other people. It seems. Um, I found it to be a little. It's on Game Pass as well, so if you are interested in these types of games, it is worth playing on Game Pass. But I bought it. But as as a little a little bit janky as well. Um, it should be noted this formally started as a Skyrim mod. Um, and you can kind of see that within the game itself, even though it's like a completely separate version of the game is not built on a Skyrim engine or something like that. It's not like Skyrim's running underneath it or anything. Uh but you can see the influences of Elder Scrolls in there within the conversations specifically. Um yeah, it's good. But it was, it's not top ten like I was hoping it would be, unfortunately. Um the next game, which probably would have been in my top ten if I played it in time. Obviously I'm we're not a stickler for the rules here. I could have easily put, I could easily still put this in my top 10 if I wanted to. But I'm looking at my top 10 right now and there's just games in there that I just wouldn't feel comfortable knocking off just to put this game in. And that game is Can I Bridge of Spirits? Which is an excellent game. Uh. Yeah, really, really solid game. Uh, it's Zelda-esque in that you get different abilities over time. So you start off with your just basic melee attacks. You have these little things called the rot that run around with you. These furry little cute animals. I don't know why they're called the rot. It's such an awful name for something that's so adorable. You can put little hats on them and stuff like that. That's the collectibles in the game. You find this currency and you can buy hats for each of the little rot people, the little fuzzy people. And they wear like mushrooms on their head or a feather or a, a straw hat, that kind of thing. And they help you out. You can use them to help attack enemies or pick up things for you and that kind of stuff. And it's Zelda asking that over time you get a bow and arrow, then you get a dash, then you get a bomb. And you use those abilities to unlock areas that you can't get access to earlier in the game. And it's basically very similar to Death Door, which we... Did we talk... Have we talked about in the podcast yet? Well, probably well, later in the uh, yeah, later yeah, on, but... I don't know, I spoke about it. Yeah, 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 so it's somewhere in that, but it's more of a... Graphics-wise, it's more... It's not a top-down game like a Zelda game is, isometric like Death Door. But it's a sort of a three D third person behind the character. They're very Pixar looking, gorgeous, gorgeous game, especially with the HDR and four K. It's a stunning game. And basically, the way you play through the game, you go through these areas that are sort of infected by this. I'm not sure what it is yet, but 
sort of infected by this weird, these weird enemies, and you have to clear out the enemies and then use your rot to go into these plants, so this plant stuff that's infecting everywhere, and you throw your little rots into the plant, and that clears the area, and you sort of brings back the greenery and all the flowers back to the area to make it look nice again. Um, a really solid game. I haven't actually finished it yet. I've actually been holding off playing it at the moment because I've really... You already get those like sort of weekend games where you're like, I really want to just have a game oh, right. where I know I have a few couple of days ahead where I, I don't have to worry about anything that's happening, like work or whatever. For me, it's much, very much that game, so I'm waiting until Friday to play it because I really just want... Uh, to have Friday, Saturday, Sunday to play to myself. Um, I can't really play through it during the week. I want if I did, I'd be like too busy thinking about. Oh, I need to get up early, at seven o'clock tomorrow. But I'd really like to just stay up late and play this game. So I've been holding off playing it for now because of that. It's that kind of game for me. Really good. I'd really recommend playing uh, buying it. It's not. It's, I think it's still on sale on PSN at the moment. Get it for just over twenty. Yeah, it's not that expensive. Yeah, it's worth playing. Worth buying if you like. Uh, those kind of games. And my last honourable mention is a game that was in my top 10 but was knocked off at the last minute. And that game is Returnal. I really, uh. really like Returnal. I'm one of the day, the launch veterans where I'm not relying on the weird save system. I relied on my ability to sit and play the game for long periods of time and get angry at it and stuff. But, uh, I don't. I wonder what that game is like now because it has changed since then because I've implemented the the ability to suspend the game midway through, sort of have a temporary save point. But I played it at launch. Very solid game. It's like a how do you say, a run based game uh, where you. Oh, did you disconnect there, Bill? Oh, something happening. Many hours later. So, Bill, it's been a few days. It has. We've had issues with our recording. We have. Um, we are- Did you know I've been sat here for the past 48 hours <laughs> trying to sort out that mix amp and all we needed to do was unplug it? <laughs> the whole time, all you had to do is literally just plug it into your headphone port and your laptop. And off the back yep. of that, if you're hearing... Well, you could probably hear the difference just from listening to Billy talk. It's quite a well. I I think it's a, a a big difference. So, I think so too. Even though you haven't heard it back, but <laughs> I haven't heard it. No. <laughs> I'm just going by your word. Yes, it's much much better. I agree. And maybe the bass is a little bit thinner than last time, but for to me, like just listening back, I've got enough bass in my voice anyway. Yeah. Like, Plus, we both. Okay, we don't have. I think when back when we recorded that first segment, you had your RTX voice on and stuff like that, and I had my noise cancellation stuff on, but we both got that turned off, so it's just just raw, raw audio. Everyone's getting right yep. now, so this is pure audio. So if you do hear the background ears. noise, for uh, sorry about that, but apologies. Yes, let's get back to the conversation. I remember when I I talked about Returnal. Uh, well, I didn't talk about it. I was in the process of talking about it before I realised yeah, something happened on your end. Uh, multiple days of trying to fix things. Didn't go too well until we tried the last thing we should have done in the first place was just plug it into the laptop anyway. 
But anyway, Returnal. Last thing I... <laughs> Never troubleshooting. <laughs> yeah, I hate troubleshooting. Uh, yep. What did I say about Returnal? I said... I was I was talking about I played it before they implemented the changes um, of adding the sort of the suspension point you could add in to suspend where you are in the game. Whereas before they never had that. You just had to um, play through it from start to finish with no save point. Anyway, Returnal it's not on my top 10 list. It was my top 10 list. It was knocked off by another game. I do believe Returnal is a top 10 quality game. It wasn't my top 10 for the longest time. It's just I, the, the games that I have on my top 10, I just feel a lot stronger about. They just made me feel happier than Returnal did. Because Returnal is a, is a very frustrating game. And the issues I have with Returnal are as, as, inherent, uh, as inherent mechanics of the fact that at launch, rather, because they don't really have this anymore, this problem anymore, but it was that moment when you did die, when you finally got to the third act after pushing through, and you die and you go all the way back to the very beginning of the game with nothing to show for it, other than your skill at getting better at the game, which is inherently satisfying in itself, because you do see that, feel that improvement as you go along the game. Sort of a run-based game where, or time, a lot of people describe it as a time-loop game as well, because it technically... Story-wise, actually, as a time loop game, there's a reason why you're um, constantly waking up in the same place every time you pass away, and they get into that in the story, which is kind of cool. And the reasons behind it is actually quite dark as well, and I quite like that aspect of the game as the story. But yeah, it's I really do like Returnal. I was obsessed with it when I played it. I think my only main issue with it is the third act. Because one thing, well, because you've bought it, Bill, and the one thing I say is, is there's six acts, and each act is a different area, or a different biome, as the developers call it. So you start off in this forest area, and the the first act, and you go into a completely, a completely, I wouldn't say what it is, it's, it's quite shocking when you get to that second area, because it's just, it's so different from the first area, like the location, how you traverse that location even, the enemies, it's, it's kind of amazing how different it gets. In each biome, and that's what makes that's what pushes you forward because you always want to see what's next and what lies ahead. And what I will say is, there's six acts, but when you finish the third act and kill the boss in the third act, you start in the fourth act. But when you die, say you get from the fourth act to the fifth act and you die, you don't go back to the very beginning in the first act. You only go back to the fourth act. So there's kind of like a point in the middle where. Which I didn't think was going to be there because I thought, how am I going to get through six acts of this game? I don't think I can. I don't think I can enjoy that. Like, I just don't think it's possible for me to like this game to the point where I'm willing to play through five acts to get to the last boss in, this boss in the sixth act. But they don't do that. They in the, When you get to the fourth act, story stuff happens. And when you die, you get put back to that fourth act instead of the very first. So it's not too bad. Once you get past that third act, you've you feel a bit better knowing you'll never have to play them again. Uh, well, technically. But yeah, it's uh, that's what I'll say about that. So I think it's not too bad in that sense, but it was it was a bit much for me at times, and it took away the enjoyment. But I kept playing anyway because I wanted to get to the end and see how this game played out. And the gameplay is fantastic. There's abilities you get later on that change up the combat and make it a, a bit more vertical and stuff like that and faster and Involves a lot of moving around and through the air and stuff like that. And it's really awesome. And there's like really cool guns later on. And you kind of get fixated on your favorite guns and you stick with them. 
There's just one at gun I really like that just shoots out just hundreds and hundreds of bullets because it has a bullet hell ass game as well. Um, there's just this one weapon I had that I just used throughout the whole game once I found it. I was like, I'm just really comfortable with this gun. And once you find your favourite guns, the game isn't too bad. I really do like Returnal. I'm excited. I'm really excited to hear what you think of it. Um, I'm really looking forward to playing it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I really like Returnal. And um, and that's because it isn't in my top 10. I'm not saying it isn't a top 10 worthy game. It definitely is. 100% is. And it was for the longest time. But the games I just have on here, I just feel stronger about it. I have more of a... I don't know how to describe it. I just feel stronger about them. An affinity? Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just Returnal is amazing. And when I finished it, I thought this was just a really interesting experience. It was harder than... It was, well, I haven't played many Souls games, but I found this to be quite difficult. Even though I didn't I technically die that much, I only died like 20-odd times. Uh, but it, got, it just felt frustrating more than Dark Souls, cause at least with, or Demon Souls, because at least in that game, you're always... Even when you do die and you have the opportunity to go back and get your souls... If you have a, like a good run in that game and you can like grind out souls, you can get more powerful and it makes it easier for you. You, ha- you can have a permanent mm-hmm. abilities you can upgrade and you keep the weapons and stuff when you die. You don't lose that kind of thing. But in this, you just lose everything. There's nothing that carries along with you other than your skill. And it's, it's, a very, it's a, definitely a test for in terms of like gaming skills and stuff like that. So if you can manage to get through the whole game. I'm looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, it's a, it's a great challenge, absolutely. Love it. But that is my final honourable mention. I mentioned Kenna, The Forgotten City, Ratchet & Clank, Ratchet Apart, Life is Strange, True Colors, Metroid, and Returnal. And now we're moving on to our top tens. Finally, after three days, we finally made it. Finally. We're here. I'm excited. <laughs> I know, because like, we don't know each other's lists. That's the, kind of the fun part for this as well. That we like, There will be stuff in there that will be the exact same. Yes, um, 100%. I can kind of start narrowing down your top 10 purely from your honourable mentions. Yes, right, that yes. wasn't there, that wasn't there. Uh, that then makes it pretty easy to work out. Well, not easy, but I can at least know what I'm going to... I, can, I, know what I'm, I know what I'm expecting now from you. Yeah, and there's some games in here that aren't at number one that could have easily been at number one in any other year. Um, or are higher or lower, higher on the list. It's just... Um, I'm still messing. I would agree. Still messing around with it, because so, uh, I started. Because when I when we wrote the list initially, it was kind of just like on a whim. But then I started thinking about it more. We we'll put like really big thought into it. And I moved a, a, a game up a couple of spaces when I sort of remembered. Oh wait a minute! I had this whole thing with the game that I kind of just for oh pardon me forgot about. Pardon you. Uh, it's too bad people hear that now because I don't have my noise cancellation on. But I'll cut it. Out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it was a dead zone. No, I'll just leave it. In. Who cares? Probably no one's going to listen to us anyway. So, ah. <laughs> hopefully, people will. And so, Bill, how about we start with you? How about you start with your number ten? Okay. Would you like to hazard a guess? Actually, I don't think you'll get it. I don't actually know because I know you, a lot of the games I play towards the end of the year. You haven't even like your backlog. Uh, it's huge. Yeah, and a lot of the games established earlier. Yeah, and a lot of days ago in our case, but earlier. Oh, days ago now, yeah. (laughs) But I honestly don't know. I I genuinely don't know. I'm excited to find out. Okay. Well, 
My number 10 I've put down is, and I don't think many people will have this on their Game of the Year list. I mean, I haven't seen it personally, and I think, you know, I, I might, you know, I can stand corrected, but I put Tormented Souls as my number wow. 10. Wow, okay. Didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Surprise. That was one of the... Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Is it... Sorry about that. That's your Silent Hill. That That's kind of like your Silent Hill sort of, like, take um, from P-Cube. Um, very old school style of horror. Um, very, very Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil slash Silent Hill inspired from start to finish. But I actually really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was an absolute cracking Wii game. Um, don't think it's you know it's not wasn't like break the bank either. It wasn't like a full price AAA title or anything. It was just like a a decent Wii horror game that is well worth playing if you if you're into old school horror. Hundred percent worth it. Um, that's why I was like, you know what. I'm I'm putting that as number ten. I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, because we went we. I think that that was one of our first few podcasts where we went into that. It was. I had no idea about the game until you brought it up, and it sounded because I know what's his name, Oxhorn. We talked about. I think we talked about Mm -hmm. the podcast that he played through it as well. Um. Yeah, it does look decent. No, it's good. I, I do recommend it if you and if you like old school horror. Um. That how like old school Sound Hill, Sound Hill Two, how they played out, how like Resident Evil used to play. Give it a bash. It's up. To, it's more up to date. Plus, if you're into the whole sort of anime weeb culture, um, you know, it's obviously made by P Cube, who are very, very heavily inspired by that as well. Um, go for it. Hundred percent. Well worth it. I thought it was well worthy of being in a in a top ten. Oh, that's excellent. Didn't expect that. Interesting yeah. beginning. Uh, interesting there you start. Go. Surprise! Yeah, I'm curious where this is going to go. Well, <clears throat> so I'll get to my number ten now. So my number ten is Guardians of the Galaxy. All oh, right. Okay. Yes. I thought that might have been higher. It could have been, but the other games I have higher, I have less issues with. But this, this is enough. the thing. Like my top, like my top ten, right? I would say like 10, 9, 8, 7, and 6 are games that I really, really like, but there's issues with them that wouldn't put them up higher. But my top five, I genuinely have no issues with any of them. Um, mm-hmm. So my, my bottom five are, are quite interesting. Guardians of the Galaxy, if you said to me back in E3 time, when we were watching that Square Enix demo, where they sp- spent 20 minutes on this game, and I just like zoned out, because we're so focused focused heavily on the combat um like I, I wouldn't believe anyone if they said this is going to be in their top 10 or and let alone in my top 10 but i played this game i had a choice it was between kenna or this before the end of the year and i knew i was going to like kenna i knew it was right up my street but guardians of the galaxy was an unknown and there's people that i trust uh, on next lander the people who used to be a giant bomb Vinny and alex mm-hmm. They are not Marvel folk. They're not, you know, they're a bit like me where they'll watch the Marvel films, although I've watched all of them, but I'm not like out day one at the cinema or watching all the TV shows that are on Disney Plus, that kind of thing. I'm a very, I'm a very much a casual fan. And when they said, when they were positive about this game, I just knew I had to get it. And I played it and I absolutely loved it. All 17 hours of it. I think it's an excellent game. Uh, the reason I think it's excellent is because of the characters and the character building and the voice acting and the relationships between all the characters. It's a bit... I would describe this game as like Mass Effect Light and and that's it's a linear yeah. Mass Effect Light where they don't really have any RPG mechanics really. 
Um, it's Mass Effect Light in that you, every time you finish a mission, you come back to your ship and you can talk to your crew. And there's like banter back and forth, and you can mm. have like individual conversations with them. But those conversations are locked behind these collectibles that are tied to those characters from their past or something that they might like. Um, and they're easy to miss sometimes, which is unfortunate. But if, I would recommend if anyone were to play this, because this is the strongest aspect of the game, is to have a little not spoiler-free guide to show you where the Guardians collectibles are. There's like multiple collectibles in this game. There's like two other types of collectibles I just didn't care about. I care, But I cared about the Guardian-specific collectibles, because they unlock these really interesting conversations that delve into the, each of these characters' past. And what they're like as a person, and within like the first few hours of this game, I knew more about those characters than any of the film that I got from any of the films. Really, um, I'd say the weakest aspect of the game is the combat. It's very one note. Um, you only play a Star Lord. Um, it'd be cooler if you could switch to other characters, but you can't. And you just have these guns, and over time. There's these things that happen in the game and your your guns transform and give you different abilities that you can use against enemies and also interact with the environment as well to unlock a different path in the environment. Um, you can also like control the abilities of your other characters as well. So like, if you want to, you have got a group of enemies and you want to like hold them all together so you can do like a giant AOE attack. You can get Groot to send his roots to grab them all together and hold them in place. Then get like Rocket to shoot an AOE rocket at them and you know they all get damaged that kind of thing so you can mess around uh, with their abilities and the the combat is quite fun in that sense but it is there's they're almost there with the combat like it is decent but they could have gone like a layer deeper and it's a little bit rough like Mm -hmm. the aiming specifically is just it's a little on the rough side they were almost there with it, and it is decent, and the reason it's decent is because they don't constantly overdo the combat. The only time they do that is the last chapter, when you've got your big fight against the, the final enemy, you know, uh, which happens in all these kind of stories. Um, that's when I found it to be a bit repetitive and boring, but in this, they do space out quite well, pace out quite well between exploration, character interaction, and combat. Character interaction is non-stop. It's happening during battles, before battles, after battles, and... It's not annoying in any way. I thought it would get quite irritating um, having all these characters talk constantly. But the voice acting and the character interaction is just so natural. It's just incredible. And Mass Effect needs to take a note from this game. Take a leaf from this game's book. Because I played Mass Effect 2 before I played this and the character interaction that is so like wooden. I mean the voice acting is great and the stories are great with the characters but there's like no interaction between it other than each of the characters unless it's scripted within a cutscene, you know? Whereas in this, it just feels like you're hanging out of your mates. And you're just taking the piss of each other constantly. It's really good. It's really, really good. And I was upset when it was over. To be honest. Uh, great game. Everyone should pick this game up. I absolutely love it. That's my number there 10. There you go. I've got, I've got it. Like, to one yeah. side, again, it's one that I need to play. Yeah, I highly recommend uh, it on it. As soon as I, I do it's, it. it's really, really good. I will. Yes. So, well. Right. Number nine. Number nine. Ooh. I went for Monster Hunter Rise. Ooh. I had a feeling this was my number nine. I was... Yeah. um, I wasn't sure where to put it. 
Um, I, I was like, I really like that game. It's a lot of fun. Um, so like the game's pretty much designed in such a way that you can get people who are relatively new to the Monster Hunter series versus people who are probably veterans to it, and you could still get enjoyment from it. It's still, if you've played a Monster Hunter game, um, you'll know what to expect. Uh, it's very, it's got its grindy moments. You have to go grind for better gear. You go fight big monsters. It's all very, very cool. Um, what I liked though is that it went sort of got it's gone back to its roots. So you had Monster Hunter World, which is all online, and it was very much focused on you play this online. And it was that took away a lot of the fun of it. That was all in these sort of instances rather than in the game itself. Uh, but this is all that you can play completely single player. You have a difference between story mode, which is just yourself. You, you, it's only single player, and then you've got your hub quests, which you can then, which is your online uh, online things, if that's what you're into. But you can set play that game totally as a single player, and then you can still get full enjoyment out of it. And then if if you're up for the challenge, then you start working your way up your your hunter rank through the hub quests. Uh, you've also like to me, there's a, it's always got replayability. So you can always go back and be like, I'm going to go back, do a couple of wee things. Or if you're well into it, you can sit and play it for hours and hours and hours at a time. Plus you've got the DLC coming out later this year as well. Um, trying to... Which I've completely forgotten the name of. Uh, oh, sugar, what was the name of that DLC again? Sun something? Um, it's gone on my head. Monster. Hey, Google. Nice. Sunbreak. That's what it's called. Um, Google knows so you've got Sunbreak coming out later in this year. Google knows all. Hail Google. Um, so you've got Sunbreak coming out later in the year, so they're obviously adding more content to it as well. So it's not a game that's just kind of like, hey, that's your release, okay, bye. And they've been adding to it as well. They've been like new new hunts, that kind of thing, being added in you know, during the year that's been released. Well, it's not quite been a year yet, but it's coming up to it. Um, so I, I really like it. I... I I wasn't sure where to put it. I was almost tempted to put it up as high as like, you know, five or six or something. But I was like, I'll leave it there for now because I've got other games that I, um, to be honest, I'm, uh, I'm still I'm sitting here still debating it. Like, oh, should I put Moss onto Horizon Nine? But I'm gonna leave it there for now, um, because I've got other games there that I'm like, actually, no, I probably preferred Moss onto Rise to that, but. At the same time, I really like that one, so I'd, I'd be there for ages trying to work it out. Uh, yeah, number nine, Monster Hunter Rise. Um, if you want to switch and you like Monster Hunter, or you like killing big things, play it. It's very, very, very good. Excellent. Well, move on to my number nine now. I have a feeling this game will be higher on your list. Um, and it was higher on my list, but when I actually like sat and really thought about the games on the list and what I liked and didn't like about them, this, way, this game has moved down like one space I would say uh, and the game above it was moved higher obviously um, and that game is Forza Horizon 5 alright okay that's interesting yes so Forza Horizon 5 that's this is a game that uh but, okay this is going to be really interesting actually <laughs> thinking about it <laughs> that's why I'm excited I won't tell you where it is with my list uh, uh, it is there. I'm not going to tell you where, though. But I'm now sitting here like, all right, okay. So this is why I'm excited, because I just 
Because I know you haven't played a lot of the games. Yeah, anyway, we've already discussed that. That's why I'm excited to see where this is going for each of us. But Forza Horizon 5, I think Forza Horizon 5 is... And the way we're going to structure this, by the way, before we I move on to this, is that Bill will be talking about his feelings on the games as well, even if... Because I imagine he has his game on this, his list as well, but I just don't know where it is. So we're not going to have a like, repeated conversation. So whenever, if he, whenever, wherever that is on his list, we'll get to it. We'll probably discuss it briefly in case we've forgotten anything while we discussed it prior. But yeah, Forest Horizon Five. I think it's an excellent game. It's not the fact this game is on Game Pass is just insane to me. A game like this, it just feels like we're just getting away with something. It's something illegal. that you should pay for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really weird, but. I got obsessed with Forza Horizon 4 during lockdown and I was really excited for this and I think the reason why this game isn't higher on my list is because Forza Horizon 4 is still so fresh in my mind uh, and it is very similar That's fair. it is very similar but it is better it is better in many aspects um, I would say the biggest one and I never really, I put a lot of thought into this actually and I wouldn't uh, the reason why is because I was playing it the other night uh, and I came across this. The game is well. When you first go into uh, drop into the game, the game literally throws you out of a vol- uh, throws you out of a volcano, throws you into a volcano via uh, airplane, and you drive past the volcano, and you're jumping off this sort of hill, and right in front of you, you see this massive vista of this flat land and like the festival down below, and it's just absolutely massive, and just looks so stunning. And when you compare that to four. So, I'm going to briefly bring up Mass Effect Legendary Edition at the moment. There's a reason why. So, in Mass Effect, the original game, back in 2007 it came out, I always remembered this wall. And there's this, I can't remember where the exact planet it was on. I think it was a mining planet or something, I'm not sure. Or it's the planet where you meet the Rachni Queen. And there's this wall when you're in this big open area. And I remember playing it at the time, thinking, why is there this massive wall in the way where I have to walk around it just to get to the other side of this? Uh this corridor basically and I found out years later the reason why that wall was there was due to loading in streaming in uh, environmental textures and draw and stuff and all that so they removed that wall in the legendary edition because back then without that wall the frame rate would have dropped and they couldn't have rendered things quick enough so to ease the strain on the engine they put this wall up so as you were approaching the wall getting closer to the wall they would render the stuff behind the wall but now with the machines we have now that are significantly more powerful, they don't have to have that wall in. So in Forza Horizon 4, this is why I love Forza Horizon 5, in Forza Horizon 4, the big stark difference is, is you don't really have many wide open vistas. It's just constant hills everywhere. And in Forza Horizon 4, I think the reason why there's hills everywhere, which, to be fair, the parts of the UK is very hilly, but a lot of it is fairly flat as well. But I think the reason why there's hills everywhere is because that's what they're doing in Forza Horizon 4, they're masking different areas to account for these uh, sort of the lower uh, power of the, the, the console. Also, Forza Horizon 5 is on the original Xbox One as well, but um, the engine they had at the time, I think the reason why it was like that, you never really got a full view of the map from anywhere. There wasn't a moment like in Forza Horizon 5 where you're driving off that cliff and you just see this wide open area. There's always something in the way to hide behind, to hide stuff behind it, to load stuff in. Whereas in Forza Horizon Five, the thing that blew me away was just how vast it is, and how much you can see of the map at any point, especially when you're on the mountain. 
there's one area where this is a windy road to the right of the mountain, uh, the volcano, and there's this part where you can like park off the edge and look down, and you just see the massive city, and it's like all the colorful buildings and stuff like that. And I, I remember I originally thought when I saw that when I first played, I thought, oh, that's just like an area outside of the map, the sort of fake city they put in. But the, the city there is the city you can actually go to, and you can drive down to it and drive through it. But when you're in that city itself, it feels a lot smaller because you're going through it really quick. But it just to me, it blew me away when I could actually be on that mountain and see the individual buildings and drive right to that building that I looked at from that mountain. And just the detail in the game uh, as well just blew me away. Uh, the sound effects of the engines. It is more of the same, but they've refined it in such a way that it's just a significantly better game. Um, especially with the adventure mode stuff. Um, the online was a bit ropey at launch, but that's to be expected. But for me, this game is just it's one of the best. It's the one of the best racing games ever made. Definitely the best. It's up there. I love it more than four. Definitely, it's up there. I know, like for me, I'd never actually thought they'd be able to top four. Um, yeah, like four was just so good. Um, and then they brought out five, and then obviously back when you're where we looked was it E3 they announced it and we're like ooh ooh that's cool that looks good um, but you still think I don't know if it'll be as good as 4 4 is just so so yeah, good yeah it's really then really like something. you said as soon as that moment that you're dropped into a volcano you're like okay uh, it's better <laughs> like I've only played it for about 10 yeah. minutes and already I'm in love it's it's genuinely brilliant um, and also don't forget like, the, the awards that, that that you know Forza Horizon 5 has won um, I think you know it won quite a lot. So it won best sport racing game, which again, it's not really there weren't really a lot of you know contenders really against it, um, but well deserved nonetheless. Um, the bit that I always find amazing about this game is the audio design, so how the cars sound. I know, like you know, Forza Horizon Five for probably you and I and a lot of people is that's the kind of game that you would listen to an album. Or something else that are that you might not actually sit and listen to the sound of the cars, that kind of thing. But if you are, um, if you sit and listen to the like, listen to each individual car, like the way that they've done it is that they've recorded the actual noise of the engine from the car itself and then put it in the game. Yes. Whereas before in other games they just tried to replicate it, and it was sometimes it was a bit off. That like you'd be listening to it going like that car sounds a bit weird, but in this one they all sound fabulous yeah. like grab the Lexus LFA and go for a drive it's like listen to like the, the sound of that car is unbelievable that was one of the biggest complaints that the community had which I wasn't aware of like I didn't play 4 well I played 4 when it originally first came out because it was uh, on Game Pass and stuff like that but I, or maybe it wasn't actually I played oh actually I bought it I bought 4 no I didn't no it was through Game Pass I played it yeah it was Game Pass um, so I it wasn't until I became obsessed during lockdown that I started looking up videos on how to do like the weekly festival challenges and stuff like that. And I remember uh, once I watched that video, the algorithm sort of took control on YouTube. They just started bringing up these random videos of like car noises compared to like two and three. And I thought that's a bit odd. So I watched it and the main complaint from the community is ever since Forza Horizon 2, the quality of the cars, the sound of the cars has gone downhill to the point where they all sound samey, especially once you tweak them in the tuning. A lot of people were complaining about that, about how they've gone downhill, and apparently in later games 
they just used like a standard library of car sounds. They didn't actually use authentic car sounds. And that was one of the biggest complaints. Like people were really genuinely upset about it because a lot of people are, who are into like Forza Motorsport, they like the authenticity of it, the feel, the simulation, the sounds. Also, they don't go as far as um, Polyphony Digital, the people that make Grand Chasm- uh, oh, GT. Yeah, GT. Like they go a step further than the, the Forza Horizon team because it's just a different type of game. Um, but imagine if and and Gran Turismo if they use a a, a, ro- a royalty free library of car sounds and like the, the people would be up in arms. Oh, there would be a huge uproar. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. but and this is like because it isn't Forza Motorsport. I guess they thought they could get away with it. Or I think it was something to do with licensing issues or something. I don't know. But once they announced, I think on one of the in the lead up to the launch of Forza Horizon 5, they actually dedicated an entire weekly update just to the car sounds. And people were really, really happy that they've finally gone back to using authentic sounds. And it makes a difference. It really does. It sounds a lot better, this game. It does. It's excellent. Yeah, Lexus LFA, that blew me away. I was like, oof, that's, that, that sounds really nice. Yeah, it's, it's um, but uh, Forza Horizon 5... Um, we still got a surprise of where it ended on my list. Yes, we'll find that out soon. Any predictions? I think it's oh, I think it's going to be a bit higher, uh, quite a bit higher than where it was in mine. That's all I'll we'll say. Yes, later in the show. <laughs> That's right. We're stopping it. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. No, no. Um, right. Let's move on to to what we're number eight now. Then uh, for you, yes, number eight. For me, yes. So my number eight, and I think it's a pretty. I'm quite. I'm quite happy with where that is in my list. It's Far Cry Six. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's Far Cry. Um, <laughs> you play it from start to finish. It's if you've played Far Cry three, four, and five, you've played Far Cry Six. Um, the only extra addition that you've got is you've got like a Supremo in it. Which, you know, shoots rockets from your back. There's a whole pile of different Supremos you can get. Couldn't tell you which ones they were. You don't need any other Supremo apart from the one that you get at the very start of the game. You won't want another one. It's That's just all. That's it. They're almost as well not to have designed anything else. Just be like, hey, this is it. And then that's it. Leave it at that. And I probably wouldn't have thought any more or less of it. I'm sure some people might have been like, you should have more of these. For me personally, I I maybe changed it once to see what the other ones were like, and went nah. I like the fact I can shoot rockets from my back. Um, it's just yeah, it's handy. a really awesome looking feature. Um, it's a really good feature, and it's pretty much the only thing that they've added in. So you've got like wee bases and stuff like that as well in it. They can go pick up side quests, that kind of thing. Like drop stuff off. Do like the wee many games that they have in it, you can go play dominoes, that they've got that and stuff um, in, in there, but for the most part it's every other Far Cry game that you've ever played um, and it's good like, I'll, I'll, you know, for the people who are there who go, oh, it's the exact same game, it's like, yeah, but you know what you expect, and it, it's fun like, it's fun to play, I enjoy it uh, really enjoyed this one as well um, really, really enjoy playing it I thought Juan Carlo Esposito oh, was so good. absolutely fun He's so good. I love him. He's absolutely fabulous, and I I loved him in Far Cry 6. Here comes my complaint of Far Cry 6, so is that if you're going to get a big Hollywood actor like Juan Carlo Esposito in your game, do it justice. Um, It's just, he he never looked that... I know that they were trying to make the game on PS4, PS5, 
Xbox One, Xbox Series X. They're basically put it on everything, but if you're going to have a big name actor like him, at least give him proper CG cutscenes because it is a waste to not have it. Yeah, that. I remember watching um, the Digital Foundry video and the cutscenes are they drop it down to 30 and they're all choppy it's like what the hell happened here yeah which is a shame because obviously he's such a big name and it's such a waste to not have him as a bigger feature throughout um, like he, he features in the game and he's there quite a lot but at the same time like big moments like big you know even like the you know you could have that game set up that Oh, there's a CG cutscene coming up. That must mean like something bad's gonna go down. That you know he's going full evil on us, um, something like that. Um, but what a performance! And um, I absolutely loved him in in the game. I absolutely loved him. Um, if it wasn't for him, you'd probably be like, all right, this game's a bit, it's a bit dull. Um, but because he's in it, and because you're like he's such an amazing villain, brilliant. Um, I really, really enjoyed the game. I do recommend it. Um, I, I, I don't think I'd put it any higher than eight. Um, I don't think I would. I'd be up there in like my one, two, or three. No, but I enjoyed it enough to justify being in a top ten. Like, it, it's definitely a top ten game. Definitely not a top five. Um, but if you're looking for a decent story, stupid action, um, just a big open world to explore as well. There's tons to explore. Uh, recommend Far Cry 6. If you've played 4 or 5, y- you'll know what to expect. It's the exact same game. Yeah. Well. But but there's like, there's talk of um, like Far Cry now getting a, a, a bit of a change to it, so it's actually going into like a, like a survival type thing now. Oh. Which I think could be quite interesting. Because people are obviously asking for a shake-up and apparently it is getting yeah, it, it. So they're going to make it. Definitely a, needs it. It's good. It'll be like... Because you know how like every game you're just sort of dropped in this situation and all right, there's a gun, go kill, go kill people. I think they're actually going to make it more survival-focused, which I think would be quite cool that if you had to build up like, your own base. Wouldn't um, that... You don't have to go and like craft your own weapons, that kind of thing. Of I think that could that be really cool. That weird spin-off from 4? The sort of primal, primal yeah. Oh, um... Yeah, kind of, um, but I think that they're doing it now as a full on survival, a full game. Yeah, which I'm a hundred percent for. That I think would be that would be really, really, really good. Um, especially it's, with co-op, it, it lends itself so well, especially co-op, because uh, it's the kind of series that does lend itself quite well. It's like you've got a villain who you're trying to take down, but see when you start thinking about it you're like well yeah that's actually a good point is that as soon as you start the game you just somehow end up in like the perfect situation where you're like right I've got a whole arsenal of weapons like just literally within seconds of the game starting you've landed on this island that you've never been to so it kind of makes sense to have like a you know put a survival element into it so I'm, I'm all for it I'm quite looking forward if that is the case I'm quite looking forward to a survival based Far Cry I, I, I could probably get quite into that yeah it sounds interesting I'd be willing to Check it out more uh, if that was the case. Yeah. Right. But we'll see what happens with it. Yes, indeed. Now, my number eight. So, my number eight is uh, not a game I expected to even be on my list this year because it really wasn't on my radar. And the reason why it wasn't on my radar because I never played the prior games until I played this one. Uh, though I played the prior game before playing this one. And that game is Psychonauts 2. And I think Psychonauts 2. Mm-hmm. As one of the best platformers I've played in a long time. 
the platforming aspect of the game is just uh, i think actually psychonauts 2 was the first sort of big game we talked about in our first episode uh it was it was it maybe also inspired the name of this podcast um i said quite heavily so to be honest so i remember like finishing the first game and i thought wait a minute psychonauts aeronaut astronaut all these other knots what about the gamer knots looked it up and nobody was using it for a podcast i thought well there we go well there was one one person using it but it was like one episode released in 2005 or something like that so i thought well no one else using it so you can thank this game for the podcast exist within the podcast name at least um yeah, if you would like a really in-depth discussion about Psychonauts 2, you can go back to our first episode. But I would just like to say that this game is worth playing. It's on Game Pass. It's a really solid platformer with a really good story with amazing characters. And just amazing environments in the levels as well. At each level, you're going into a person's mind. And it's just completely different from the level prior, or the next level ahead. Each level is just so unique and different and funny. And has like unique mechanics tied to them sometimes that only exist within that level. And the reason why you're going to these people's heads is quite dark in terms of the story. It's actually kind of messed up. It's kind of a dark game in terms of story in places. Um, it deals with a lot of. It's all about mental health and stuff like that. Like it's, it gets dark in places. Um, it goes to some really interesting places. When but when looking at the game and the art style of the game and the music, you wouldn't think a game would go to that kind of depth of the story but it really does and Raz as a character is excellent, I absolutely love him uh, his family as well and other, the other side characters you go with to in the school you're at my only issue really with the game isn't the gameplay or anything like that, it's just the it just overstayed his welcome a little bit because you get these sort of big hub areas and there's like multiple of them there's not a lot my favorite area in the game is the questionable area where everything ends in a question mark so the questionable area this is where the the, the park benches are you can have hang out in the the restaurants so usually it's really weird it's just everything ends in a question mark so every time you're reading something everything just has a question mark at the end and there's all these weird things it's like a really questionable area in, in the end there's just sort of there's a really odd area um and that's where your family is staying and they set up their uh, uh, their family circus there and stuff. Um, but there's, there's one point where you get to. I felt like the game was like coming towards towards the end. I thought, okay, we're ending now. This is a really good place to end. But then it adds another open area. Uh, and I thought, oh, right, okay, this is. I kind of just want to get to the end now to see how this plays out. Um, that's really the only issue I have with it. But people may not have that issue. People may be excited to carry on with another area and doing other things. But for me, I felt like it was getting to a point where it was a good place to end, but then it just kind of kept going a little bit longer than I would have wanted. But it is still really, really good. I think this is a a game that's been robbed, honestly, from the Game Awards specifically. Um, especially in terms of... A lot of people said it's been oh, robbed. Oh yeah, and multiple times, especially in our direction. Well, that game looks better than any other game that's released this year, in my opinion, in terms of art style. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a game worth playing. I really would... You don't need to play the first game to play this. I played it because... I don't know, it was on Game Pass. I thought, well, Second Watch 2 is coming out, and this is a game I've always wanted to try. I'll give it a bash. Then I ended, I ended up loving the first game as well. Um, then I ended up loving the second game even more. It's just such a solid, solid platformer with all these cool abilities that you unlock over time. I guess my only other issue is how you change those abilities. It's just a bit... It was very similar to the first game, and I was hoping they would have 
improved that a little bit, but they just use the same way of you just select from a wheel. But uh, I kind of wish it was a bit better than that. Um, they came up with another solution, but it's worth playing. I think you should play this. I think it's a really good platformer. Well, it's definitely what it's definitely one that's on my radar. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, I've just got so much yeah, I know, to get I know. through, but I'll, I will get around. Well, to it's it always going to be there anyway. It's on Game Pass, so exactly. If you're in the mood for something, don't have much else to play. Uh, Psychonauts 2 is one I would recommend. So, that's number 8. Bill, number 7. Number 7. Again, this was one that I wasn't sure whether or not I'd put it in or not, but for some reason I've put it in at number 7. I don't think I've made a mistake on it, but at the same time I'm a wee bit kind of like, not 100% sure on this one, but I'm going to put it in anyway. Uh, Alien Fireteam Elite. Oh, interesting. At number 7. Um, and the reason why I've put in in so high, it, well, not say so high, it's like number seven. But I think maybe on reflection, I'd maybe swap Monster Hunter for Alien. But anyway, um, it's a it's it, again it was like kind of the same idea. So it wasn't one I would, like you know at the start of the year I would be expecting to have, or even when the game came out that would even be like considered top ten. Um, it was just like. At the time, it was just a couple of guys at work like, oh, fancy picking this up. Be like, oh yeah, go on, then why not? Um, and it's a fun, it's just basically a daft, we sort of like, you know, kind of like Left 4 Dead meets Gears of War type game with, with aliens in it. And it's like, yeah, it's good. It's actually a really, really good, you know, it's a fun game to play. Um, it's the, the problem with it now, though, is that obviously the sort of the hype behind it's kind of you know, disappeared. Uh, not, I don't know how many people actually still sit and play it. Like they have added in new things, like new guns, uh, new classes, that kind also of thing. Game but Pass now. Not added. It so is. it's probably got a better. Um, I was just about to say there. Like, there. Yeah, at least on Xbox, there will be Xbox and PC. Like there'll be a bit of a resurgence just because it's on Game Pass. Um, it's a fun like go-to game. That like, there's parts of that stuff that I didn't really play that much of, like the Horde mode. Uh, which I would have liked to play a wee bit more of because that was fun. That was intense. Uh, the actual game itself has its moments as well where you're like, oh, wow, that's kind of a bit surprising by how brutal this can be, but I'm I'm really enjoying it nonetheless. Uh, so I, it's a, it's definitely a game I'd recommend anyone to try. Uh, get a, you know, it's a fire team, three people. Uh, get a couple of people together, have a laugh with it. Don't take it too serious. Uh, just sit, have fun. Kill a lot of aliens, and then it's the kind of thing you could easily just sort of jump in and out of for an hour every now and again. Um, hundred percent recommend it. Like like you were saying there, it's on Game Pass. Download it. You know, it's well worth it. It's an amazing Game Pass game. Oh yeah, um, perfect. Like I don't. It's just kind of put. Actually, it's fine. We'll, we'll, I'll maybe go back to it later on. But for now, I'm not gonna not gonna mention it. Um, oh okay. We'll see how we'll see how our lists go. Well, moving on to the next one for me. Are you finished there now? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm done. Play, play Alien Fireteam Elite. It's well worth it. I've got it downloaded. So I should probably check it out at some point. I haven't yet. Yeah, 100%. I'm done for that. Number seven. So, this one I debated a lot. This one has moved around the most. Um, because... Oh... I've been going back and forth on it. It's not, it's not, it's 
It's also higher than the other games I just talked about, but it was higher, then it was lower, then even lower, but then higher again. Because I just couldn't quite make up my mind on it. Then I came to realizations. So well, wait a minute. Like, I put a lot of time into this game. And that game is Halo Infinite. Oh. Yes. See, I thought I was, I'd be higher yeah. for you. I'm quite surprised. So did I. But I think the the issue of making these lists is the more recent games are fresher in your mind, so you always put them higher initially. But then I, yeah, I yeah. went back and thought about other games, and I thought, wait a minute, only know I like these games more than this. So my, my well, that's probably the last, the last episode actually we discussed Halo. So my issues with the game are well documented. My only issue with the game really is every other mission after the tower. Because um, all the missions leading up to that, the first mission is really cool, you're in space, everything's blowing up and you're platforming on these falling platforms and stuff. And the second mission is the mission you'll see for the rest of the game pretty much after the tower mission. And the third mission, I think the third mission is the tower, I can't remember. But I really like the tower because it starts off where you're in this big open area fighting then you go inside this tower, which is a sort of linear level, and you're working your way up this tower to fight a boss. And I think that's just a... After playing that, I thought, man, this is awesome. This is a really cool mission structure. And they do that again sometimes, and I think then a few missions after that is this mining one. With the candidate, we're in this mining area, and you have to take out these mining lasers. Objectives to get into the, the mine, and that kind of thing. So my only issue with the game is the linear story missions after the tower, because they're all pretty much the same it's the same metallic corridors over and over and I actually I, we haven't actually talked about this yet but I um, I'll see if I can bring it up now actually but there's this guy on Twitter I follow his name is um, Shinobi I retweet him occasionally I'll see if I can find the tweet it was from two or three weeks ago uh, here is Shinobi602 so I sent him a tweet because he posted a tweet about Halo, because he finished Halo Infinite on the 19th of December. So this is what he said. That's a wrap on Halo Infinite. This was easily one of my favourite games of the year. Whilst it wasn't perfect, I I commend the 343 team on amazing job crafting such a well-rounded shooter experience and serving something worthy of the Halo name. Excited for the future. Overall thoughts. Positives. Eshram is a great antagonist. That's the only thing I disagree about, actually. Smooth, top-tier mechanics. Halo at its best. Definitely. Incredible soundtracks among my Halo faves. Definitely. It's really cinematic at times, the soundtrack. Fun open world activities, high value targets, assassinations. That's really cool. The relationship between Chief and the Weapon, or the Cortana esque person in the game. Uh, that's something I forgot to mention. That's actually a, a good point in the game, where the, the relationship between those two characters, because it is just you and her a lot of the time. And that is definitely a positive for me. Um, I really like the relationship between Chief and your, your AI assistant. Um, it goes some places with that, and it's really, really neat. Uh, and that's what, that's what mostly drives the story in that game. Um, so I don't mind the, the story story, it was just the story missions. Uh, great eye direction that's true to the classic Halo, which I agree with. It's very Halo 1-esque. So the negatives. Shockingly little environment variety for a series that thrived on it in the past. For example, no rain, snow, desert, jungles, or space. Completely sidesteps past characters, I thought would show up, and somewhat clunky controls when trying to switch between grenades and equipment, which I completely agree with. So I said, so I, this kind of caused a big argument, um, which I wasn't expecting, I was just sharing my opinion. 
So I said, my biggest gripe is the lack of variety in the linear story missions. Most of the missions felt way too similar to the second mission, Foundation, with the same metallic corridors over and over. However, the multi-staged mission objectives leading up to some missions were good fun. So it was just a little innocent tweet. And from that tweet, all hell broke loose. Um, I'll see if I can find it. For some reason, I'll need to look on the Twitter app. Basically, a bunch of other people tweeted at me. Um, And I was worried it was going to become viral at a point because it was getting a bit heated. Uh, I'll see if I can find the... It's not showing up on my Tweetbot app, so I'll go to the main Twitter app and find it there. Where are we? Oh, here we are. Okay. There we are. Oh no, it's gone. This is good, good quality content here. Me trying to find. This is this is why people tune in. Yeah, exactly. I really want to find it because a lot, a lot of people raise some good points about the game. Uh, where are we? And while you're doing that, that's adding a time lapse. Many <laughs> hours later. Oh, here we go. Did you find it? I found it. Hey, and for some reason it's not showing the oh here we go oh it doesn't matter it's not coming up for some reason but anyway a, a lot of it caused a little bit of a a kerfuffle amongst fans where some people were saying well this is what people wanted this is the classic Halo experience and I thought well that isn't the classic Halo experience like the original the first original Halo had a lot of unique environments like the snowy environments and stuff like that um so a lot of people were saying, well, they tried to make it based off the whatever that mission was called in the third in the first game, I can't remember. Where they based the game purely off just that one mission. A lot of people think back to that one mission they think of Halo. Which I completely disagree with. There's a lot of unique, interesting missions in that game, especially the three four three Guilty Spark mission, which is completely different from any other Halo mission in that first game. But um yeah, it caused a bit of a ref. A lot of people agreed with me, some people didn't. And the, uh, but Shinobi agreed and I think a lot of people will agree as well why they go around to playing it it's a game worth playing though I think that game is excellent the combat is just sublime again Game Pass yeah it's on Game Pass the combat in that game is just absolutely sublime I could oh it's, it's the best Halo combat ever um and, and listen back to the previous podcast I said it's the best Halo ever what I meant was it's the best Halo playable playing Halo ever um it's just topped all the Bungie games in terms of gameplay for me. It's just so good. So good. Oh, I love it. Um, so have you played much more of it, Bill? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> I really haven't. I, I, I've decided that I'm going to start a whole new list. It's going to be the top 10 games Billy hasn't played. Um, or like still needs to play. <laughs> Rank we'll them. take it from there. So number 10, Halo Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> number 9, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Number eight, Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Number seven, Deathloop. Number eight, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, a lot of games there. Could actually, I could fill an entire Definitely. list. I've got a lot of games to get through, uh, but I'll, I'll make my way through them, I promise you that. Yeah, and we'll, we'll obviously hear about it. I'm excited to hear what you think of uh, this game and Returnal and stuff like that, but um, yeah, Halo Infinite is a really solid game, but the reason why this game moved around so much is because I was focusing too much on the campaign and wasn't focusing much on the part of this game that I became obsessed with was the multiplayer. 
multiplayer is so so mm-hmm. good it, it is really good. is and i put 24 hours into that multiplayer before the main game came out and i was obsessed with it i created uh a boosting session on true achievements just to get this one achievement in the game um for example like i just became obsessed with it because i really wanted the achievements um yeah the multiplayer is awesome it's the best it's been since halo reach um, the only issue with the, I suppose, with the multiplayer is the, the shop stuff. It's just way too overpriced for a lot of the stuff you buy on there. They really need to sort that out. But they fixed a lot of the issues with the battle pass. See, I think that's so- See, that's something that they'll sort yeah. though. Um, so they'll sort out of the shop. Um, like, see, like just the Halo community in general, though. That if you look at, like, you know, the Halo, uh, the Halo community stuff, it's really bad. Some of the stuff that people yeah. come out with. It's like, just like, give it a, like, if I was working on a game like Halo, I'd be focusing on getting the, you know, obviously the co-op campaign out, uh, Forge out. That's probably like the next sort of two big things for the dev team is to make sure that they're ready and good to go. Because uh, well, they're due out in March. Um, so that, that that's what I would be putting up my priority on right now rather than like store stuff like the store stuff can wait it's not really yeah that it's, important. it's not mandatory anyway but actually getting like gameplay out yeah but getting, like, getting gameplay out is hugely important um like getting people keeping you know keep people playing people will want the you know the story campaign uh people you know love forge so you know make sure get them out make sure they're good ready to go and then look at things like right people don't like the store let's sort that people don't like Battle, uh, battle pass progression let's sort that as well but that stuff to come don't rush the debt like they can't do everything at once they just let them t- do the priority stuff first and then we'll worry about it about stuff like that down the line that that because like, I, th- I think it's a bit unfair like some of the sort of the criticisms the halo team's been getting yeah it definitely is when the game itself is genuinely very very it's good. a miracle it even came out this year like they have to make those sacrifice, those necessary sacrifices to make a commit then this year, but I think it was worth it in the end, especially for the multiplayer, because I think the multiplayer is the strongest part for me, and I'm glad they made that choice. Oh, I'm glad they made that choice of cutting those things because it did bother me initially, um, especially the co-op campaign stuff, because I just I've I've only ever played Halo in co-op, and but playing that playing alone single player was perfectly fine. In this I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it, despite my issues with the story missions after a certain point but even then like, the combat within those missions was still a lot of fun it was just the environments I had issues with I just expected more from the environments because I assumed because when I first um, my biggest worry going into this game was they were going to focus too much on the open world for the story missions I thought oh god are all the story missions going to be like in the open world and it's just not going to be that interesting because I knew it was only going to take place within that one sort of area that open world which doesn't have the variety of the previous Halo games, like a desert area, a snow area, stuff like that. So when I heard um, that the story missions were going to be linear and separate from the open world, I was excited, because I thought, oh good, that means they can go just wild with all the environments within the game. But they don't, it just takes place in buildings within this area that just all look the same. Um, So I was hoping they would do a lot more with the environment stuff, but they just didn't. But it's still worth playing, though. It's a really... And it's on Game Pass, like... The, and the multiplayer's free to play. That's not even on Game Pass. Just download the multiplayer. And that alone is incredible. It's really good. But yeah. 
Halo Infinite number seven. We need to play more of uh, that. We actually. do. We do. I haven't. Well, I haven't been back to it in a while because I've been obviously focusing on other games leading up to the end of the year. But uh, yeah, we should definitely go back to that. So, Bill, your number is this world number six now? Yes, number six. Um, I, I've put Call of Duty Vanguard oh. as my okay. number six. Um, which again is like one I was humming and hawing about, and I was like, I don't know. Don't know, don't know. Like I, I should probably add that I don't have Halo Infinite on my list purely because I've not really yeah. played too much of it. Um, it'd be a bit unfair to be like, oh, Halo Infinite number four, <laughs> we'll play the first you know, a game that I've not finished. When <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've not added Halo just purely for a respect to other games that you know have come out. Um, and there's games in there that I probably would have put up higher. Like I know for a fact that if I'd finished Tales of Arise, it probably would have been. Probably up, you know. I have again. That's not on my list. I've not finished it. It would have been up there on my list otherwise. Um, but yeah, I put Call of Duty Vanguard as number six. Um, I enjoyed the campaign. It's purely just because I like the campaign. Um, I'm not thinking about multiplayer at all. That you, you know, if you play Call of Duty, chances are you'll be really there for the campaign uh, for the multiplayer. Uh, I'm not really thinking too much about zombies either. Just. I really like the campaign. I just like the World War II story. That's pretty much why it's number six. Um, stories, well, it's worth playing if you like if you like World War II and you like a good campaign. It's worth playing. It's what well, if you play on you know like normal five you know five to six hours long. It's not particularly long at all. If you want a bit more of a challenge, play on hardened or veteran. You'll probably get like seven or eight hours out of it. Um, but yeah, no, it's a very, very good game. Um, I actually really, really enjoyed it, and I do occasionally like jump back into the multiplayer every now and again. Like, I, I quite like it. Um, if I, you know, I've actually had quite a bit of fun on the multiplayer. Um, combat's good. Combat's a lot of fun. Um, but again, if you've played Call of Duty, you'll know it's all battle pass. You know, battle pass progression, buy your skins. But you know, it's not like you need to buy tons of stuff to. You know, you, you just play the game and level up the guns by playing the game. You know, it's just that is fun. Like, I I quite enjoyed it. Um, so I, I've enjoyed my experience with Call of Duty Vanguard. I do quite, you know, I do think back on it often and be like, yeah, that's good. Um, you know, obviously like working in a game shop, you you know, you see people buy it. You people are like, is it any good? You're like, yeah, no, it's definitely very very good. Uh, so that's why I've put it on my list at number six. Is that I quite enjoyed there it. There you go. I enjoyed the campaign as well. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I like the different perspective. Also, we discussed it in a part podcast. Listen to that if you wish for more in depth discussion. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. My only wish, because um, I paid close to full price for this game and I haven't really put time into the multiplayer. But if this was also gone down in price dramatically since then, because it hasn't really sold. But my biggest wish for this game was. Which is a shame because it's. Uh, I wish. They sold that campaign as a separate thing, even if it was for like thirty five quid. For like thirty five pound, oh, I would yeah, have been yeah. a lot happier than the sixty odds I paid for it. Um, but yeah, it's still it's a decent. And if you see it for, uh, you know, cheap leading up to the next college, yeah, I would pick it up if you're fancying a a campaign where you don't really have to put much effort into thinking about it and just playing it. It's good. It's like disengaged brain, but it's got a decent story. Yeah, to yeah, it as I liked well. it. So, yep. my number six. So the only re- uh, I'm trying. To, I mean, it potentially could have been higher, but 
Yeah. So my number six is Hitman Three. Uh, see, I had that like number like three or four for you. I thought that would have been really high. Yeah, I mean, it potentially could have been higher, but so the thing about Hitman Three, I think Hitman Three is amazing. It has some of the best levels in Hitman history. Um, the Berlin level, my god, well, that that is just peak Hitman. That level wraps up everything that I just absolutely adore about Hitman um, and the levels in them. And the Berlin level is just. It's this uh, underground nightclub that takes place in an abandoned power plant in Germany. There's like a rave that happens there. Makes yeah, sense. and it's just, it's so good. And it's the reason I, I, I'm a big Hitman fan. We'll probably talk more about Hitman in the future, when, especially when we get into our Xbox special. Because that's where I discovered Hitman. And the thing about Hitman 3 it is just more of Hitman 2016 and Hitman 2 2018. It's just more of that but with really solid maps. And it's a solid foundation, a solid base for that trilogy. Because they just released the Hitman trilogy on Game Pass, which is absolutely insane. Like, everyone should download that and play this game. Because Hitman 3 is a solid base for this game. You can play all the prior two games within Hitman 3. They've all been improved with the latest features from Hitman 3 and stuff like that. Um... For that alone, just on Game Pass, it's just absolutely insane. Like, I couldn't believe that when I saw that. Like Everyone should download this game and play it. Um, but the only reason it isn't higher is because it has just more of those first two games. And even though it does have some of the strongest levels compared to the rest of the... of all the Hitman games and compared to the prior two from the sort of reboot, there's this level in... the last level in the game where they kind of experimented with the formula a bit and I can see what they were doing but they just didn't quite execute it well because all the games and what I adore about Hitman is the fact it's sort of this sort of open sort of mini open world hub areas and you can take on any role you want like if you see a guard you can like kill that guard and take his um his uniform you can it allows you access into areas where you wouldn't have allowed weren't allowed access prior just wearing your standard clothes you can like kill a chef and become the chef and it allows you into certain areas and allows you to role play as a chef and potentially kill you know targets via food or stuff like that um there's just so many different costumes and disguises for me it's the disguises and like stealthing in plain sight is a big thing for me um and i absolutely adore that that's what absolutely got me hooked on hitman originally but in this game it's uh Different. What's that noise? Can you? I hear clicking. That come from you? Oh, it's it's me. Oh right, okay. That might, that might get picked. <laughs> uh, oh no, it's, it's me. With I'm just I've, I've got my Xbox controller oh, I see. here. Hopefully that won't get picked up too uh, too much on the recording. But, um, no fingers crossed. <laughs> just a constant tapping. Yeah, I'm hoping, hopefully the Uh-oh. the background noise thing will reduce it. But anyway, um, the what was it? Yeah. So my main issue is the fact that. Even though they were, I thought it was impressive, they were still willing to experiment with the formula three games into the new trilogy. They just didn't quite nail it. And it's basically, they turn... The last mission is a very linear mission. You're literally on a train, and you can only go in one direction. And it just becomes a third-person shooter. And the weakest aspect of the, the Halo... Of Halo... Um, 
the weakest aspect of Halo Infinite. The weakest aspect of <laughs> Hitman 3 is the shooting. Like, it's really not a solid shooter. It feels just a bit off. And you don't really shoot in Hitman. I mean, you also, you get... You take in guns and sneak in guns. You can sneak in a sniper. The, the gun I probably use the most is a sniper when I want to do a challenge where I shoot targets from afar, that kind of thing. But it's not a shooter. But they really just turn that game into like, okay, let's just go on all-out crazy, all-out war. You get grenades, flash grenades, and these machine guns and shotguns, and you're just running through this train, just killing folk. And it's very different for a Hitman level, but it's they just didn't quite nail it, in my opinion. I just didn't think it was that good. Um, but the mission, I thought the one aspect about the mission I actually liked is that it was a almost felt like a weird homage to Goldeneye. So maybe while they were making this, because it reminded me of the train level in Goldeneye, and especially certain ass certain carriages in the game, it just felt it was like ripped right out of Goldeneye. Even at one point, a guard came out of one of the toilets. I thought, oh, well, that looks kind of similar to one of the toilets in Goldeneye when you first go through the train. Then a guy came out of the toilet and started shooting him. I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is like... this. Even this a total yeah, homage. it really was an homage to Goldeneye in some sense, which I really liked. And you probably could have sneaked, you know, managed to sneak through this train with stealth. Uh, but the game is, is pretty obvious. It was pushing you to an uh, which made sense for the story. That point in the story, like why you would kill everyone. But... That game is the gameplay of the shooting isn't the strongest part of that game. The strongest part is the stealth and the blending in and taking the roles and the little mini story missions where you could pretend to be this lawyer and interact with your target that way and it's that kind of thing and the little stories that play out, the little role playing things that play out. Um they just hit they just focus too much on the action towards the end there and but it's still a solid, incredible game. And that Berlin mission is just insane. Actually, I should probably speak about the Berlin mission because the Berlin mission was an experiment, another experiment. They they played around with the formula there, but it actually really worked. So when, t- typically, when you start a mission in Hitman, is you're given your two targets or one target, and sometimes there's like a sub mission within the the mission where you have to like you know destroy something or whatever. But the main focus is you know taking out a target or two or three. But in this, there's no targets in the Berlin mission. You are the target. And you have to figure out... Oh, so you have to try and escape? Not try and escape. You have to figure out who's trying to kill you and take them out first. Oh, but you don't know right. who it is. Oh, that's yeah, good, it's actually. awesome. But you don't know who the targets are. You just know there's five targets. There's five people trying to kill you. You don't know where they are. You don't know who they are. And you have to go into this massive power plant and this massive rave and figure out who's trying to kill you. And it's awesome. It was a really awesome level, really memorable, and I really liked that aspect of the game where I was being hunted, but also I was the hunter. It just added a completely dyna- different mm-hmm. dynamic to the level, and it's just a, such a strong level. It's one of the best Hitman levels ever made, and it's that level alone is why I love this franchise so much, and it's why it's high on my list. Worth a play. Everyone, please play, please download yeah. Hitman Trilogy on Game Pass and play it because. It's a very accessible stealth game. It's one of the compared to the prior games on the PS2 Xbox generation. The gameplay is solid. It's, it makes sense. The gameplay was a bit rough in the prior games, but in this, it's really smooth and solid. And I, I would like you to play it as well, Bill, uh, so you can see why I'm 
so obsessed with Hitman. Great game. I'll give it. A, I was definitely going to download it anyway because it was like I was I was shocked as well when they were like, "Oh, it's on Game Pass!" Like, really? Yeah, it's kind of it's absolutely insane. That's that's a really good one. Yeah, it's Hitman Three is great. Just that last mission is a bit rough, and the fact that it's just more of the same, but which isn't a bad thing because it's an amazing game. But yes, that was my number six. Bill, we've made it. Yes. So I have five. a feeling this this top five is where things were. Mm-hmm. Things are going to progress much quicker. Well, we're going to, we're going to have similarities. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like, so far we've had no games that have matched yeah. at all. But I've got a sneaky suspicion I can think of at least, what, two, three games yes. Yes. that are going to match. Uh, right, I'll start. So, number five for me, Death Store. Yes. Death Store. Yes. Death Store. So good. So, so, so good. For a game that's only £16 as well. Unbelievable. Um, it's like, I'm just so glad that it's on everything yeah. now. So everyone can have a shot of this game. Like, if you've not played Death Store and you have a spare £16, even if you're playing other games, download Death Store yeah. and play it. It's so good. Um, it's got the difficulty there. It's got the, you know, the difficulties there, the gameplay's there, the environment's there. Um... The fact that you play as a wee crow with a sword is like, yes, yes, love it. Absolutely love it. Play, play Death Store now. Download it. If you haven't, I'm disappointed. Yeah, the, the Death Store is very similar to Kenna in that sense, whereas similar in, in terms of like um, the mechanics you unlock, like you get a bow and arrow, you get a bomb, and you get a dash. Um, but I actually prefer the combat in Death Door. It just feels way more snappy, and I think that's a lot... A lot a lot of that has to do with the perspective of the game. It's like a... What's the the word you, you call the perspective? I can't remember. Isometric. Uh, um, so yeah. that isometric top-down... Not top-down, but isometric look to it. And the boss fights are more interesting in Death Store so far. Especially the witches one, where she's in a big pot and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's There's like really three cool. different stages to the boss. The bosses I've fought so far in Kenna are all... Some of them are... Go ahead, Bill. Some of them are really difficult as well, especially like trying to get your upgrade to the likes of your bomb and stuff. Like those boss fights were tough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's really the difficult. other thing. The, to get upgrades but, for your abilities, you have to do the, go into these big chests that eat you up, and then you fight these waves of enemies and a boss at the end. Um, whereas in Kenna, it's just, you know, you, you find these points and you can upgrade it through a menu, which is fine. Um, but I prefer the combat and Death Store because they are very similar with that Zelda inspiration there with the combat and the abilities and stuff like that. But in this is like there's no like voice acting; it's just all stole tooth text. You're just this cute little crow that runs around with a a sword. And this is another thing I really like about Death Store: you find other weapons, and they're different. Yep. So you just have a standard sword, or you can get these two blades that go really quick, or you can find this big axe, which is slower and heavy, but does way more damage. Whereas as in Kenna, it's just you're stuck with your staff, but your staff, the ability you get, your staff, um, the, the ability you get after just having your standard staff is that it turns into a bow and arrow. You can do like a sort of Horizon Zero Dawn-esque thing where you can jump in the air and slow down time and shoot your bow and arrow and stuff, which is awesome. Whereas in this, it's just, you know, you just use your... um you hold an LT, the left trigger, and aim with the right stick, and you can shoot really quickly. Um, I really like the combat in this game. It's really snappy and fun and challenging. Um, it's just an amazing game. 
I absolutely love Destro, and I got it. I didn't get it. I didn't pay sixteen pound for it. I paid six pound, I think, because I had a ten pound voucher, and I was just I was so besotted with this game when it came out initially, and I love it. I love it. It really it's is amazing. for sixteen pounds. It's just insane. It's one of those ones that you. Oh yeah, you see it on sale one day. It'll be like seven pound, and you'll be like a hundred percent worth buying. Um, it's. Just good. Go play it. Death's Door. There we go. That's our game of the year sorted for the year. Yep. <laughs> we don't need to go any further. I mean, anymore. That any other year that we, I mean, it was number one for a long time. Any other? Uh, true. Um, true. It's just when I came back and thought about it more, I uh, I, I changed my mind on some things because I felt stronger about other games. But my number five. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel about it. But I, I felt like it was like you said. Any other year that would been easily number one or two. It's just there's a couple of other games that I kind of and prefer. That was a game I genuinely had. It was like one of this is the thing about me with games is like sometimes I see them at like E3 and I watch the trailer and I'm like, oh, okay, it seems interesting. But then when it comes out and I see gameplay, and I'm like, oh, hold on a minute. Uh, I'm gonna go get that. Very much because like, everyone on Twitter was going a bit on about Death's Door, especially Paris Lilly from Gamertag Radio. He was going on about it, and all a bunch of other people going on about it. I was like, what the hell is this game, Death's Door? And I saw a brief clip of the of a trailer, and I thought, oh, okay. Then I kind of moved on. It wasn't until later on when I started looking into it more, and actually looked into more about the gameplay and stuff like that, and I thought, you know, this looks kind of up my street. So I thought, oh, I've got some Microsoft Award points here. I'll buy a £10 voucher. Microsoft Awards this year for me has saved me a lot of money. I've probably saved about... 50 quid for me. <laughs> I use it all the time. It's awesome. And it, it allowed me to buy this game for dirt cheap. For like six odd pound. Maybe even cheaper. I can't remember. I'll have to check my receipts. But yeah, I bought this game and just became obsessed with it. Absolutely love it. If worth everyone's time, please buy Death's Door. It's on PlayStation now. I'm genuinely considering just buying it on PlayStation to play through it again. Uh... I've been thinking yeah. about it as well. Just get some trophies. <laughs> like, I might just so do good. an umbrella run. I've been quite fancied it on the Switch as well. Oh yeah, the Switch, that's right. Oh, an umbrella run, yeah. But yeah, Death Door. So my fifth game. Also have Death in the title, and that game is Deathloop. Ooh, Deathloop number so five. we made an episode focused on Deathloop, where we broke down, answered the question, what is Deathloop? And I'm not going to get in that detail again. <laughs> if you really want to know what Deathloop is, listen to that episode because we bro- we spent a lot. On, I put a lot of effort into breaking that game down. Listening back to it, the only thing I didn't mention is the fact you can throw grenades. And the reason why I didn't mention that is because I genuinely never threw a grenade once in that game. But you can, and this is just a, a brilliant. It's a, de- a time loop game. They call it a time loop game. I personally wouldn't. It's time loop in the sense that time progresses, but it only progresses when you want it to progress. It's, it feels more like a level select. There's like four areas and three different times a day, and things change within those four areas at, at, at those different times a day. So it feels more like 16 levels. And you have your so many visionaries, and your goal in the game is to work your way through each of these areas and different times a day and collect information and use that information of when the loop ends after the night time or when you die which I never did and the game, I never died once believe it or not you can check my trophies I mean I died but you get three chances to live because it reverses time 
three times, and if you use up all those three times, you die. Uh, not permanently, but you get put back to the start of the loop. I didn't die once because I'm good at death loop. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, you get all you get all that information to find out a way to get all the visionaries, kill them all within one loop. But you can kill them in multiple loops to get different abilities for your character. And I just became so addicted to that game. Like uh, it was one of the games that kept me up late at night because I was just so into it. Um, I guess if I were to bring up an issue with it, as I guess it is a bit too handholdy, but that's what I quite like about it as well. Because a lot of people might find games like the time loop games quite intimidating because it you some a lot of the time you have to retain that information in your head, but then this game it actually does it for you. Um, Deathloop, Deathloop is awesome. You also have the aspect of um, the other character in the game invading your game, and it can either be another player or just the AI. I just stuck to the AI because I just didn't want to be bothered by real people. Um, but you can turn that on or off, which is handy. But, um, yeah, it's, it's my first arcane game. I've never played an arcane game until I played Deathloop, and it has really made me want to play through Dishonored uh, 1 and 2 and Prey, because it's just a solid game. It's the best, I would say it's the best Microsoft exclusive released this year that isn't on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's coming out in September this year. I can't imagine Microsoft are going to let that slip. Um, and I can't wait to play through it again, honestly. I'm going to play through this game again when it comes out on Game Pass. I'm so excited to play it again this year. Uh, mostly just to... Well, no, because you got it on PlayStation. I was going to say I'm going to bother you on it, but I've still got it installed on my PlayStation, so I'll probably just hound you on there as well. Uh, just join Fair your game enough. and mess with you a bit. Um, as Juliana. That's just cool, but it's okay. It's awesome. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's really cool. But yeah, Deathloop. That's Deathloop. I'm so, excited to see what you think about it as well. So, Bill, you're number four. Number four? Very curious about this. Ooh. I'm curious, I'm curious as well because you've not mentioned this yet either, and I thought you would have done by now. Um, yes. Resident Evil Village. <laughs> yes, so good. Number four. Um, so 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 good. Um, again, easily. If it was another year, it would have quite easily have taken number one. It hasn't. Um, but it's so so so. It good. really is. Like, every time I think about it, I'm like, oh man, I, I want to go yeah, play it again. Me too, because I've been listening uh, to just N- Next Lander podcast, and they missed out this game. They didn't. They played Resident Evil Seven last year. The reason why they didn't play Resident Evil Eight this year is because they left Giant Bomb the week Resident Evil Village came out. So it's understandable, oh, but they're right. they've been playing because everyone was hounding them about their year, game of the year list. It's like, well, why haven't you played Resident Evil Eight? Our village, and they're playing it through it now, and it's just so fun listening back about people playing through that game because they're going on about oh, there's mm-hmm. really hasn't really been scared yet. There's not really an area where it just feels like there's intense horror that's happening. I'm like, just wait, just wait. You're only wait, in the wait. castle. You're not doll in the house. next area. Yet. You're not house. in the dollhouse. Oh, that dollhouse. dollhouse. Oh, that's that's the scene or that's yeah. the chapter that will stick with you. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. It's the baby that would eat you. Yum. Oh, yeah! <laughs> it's, just, it's just all around it's creepy. So creepy. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, what a game! What a game! I'm really, really, I, I really want to play it again. I'm, I'm just I'm considering buying on PS5 just to get yeah, some I'm trophies and play through it. Again. I'm, I'm, yeah, I've I've been thinking that because I, I traded my Xbox copy in just mm-hmm. at the time because I was like, it's like a 
not necessarily a one and done, but it's like, oh, I'm not too bothered about like speed runs, that kind of thing. So I'll, I'll just trade in while the value is high and get something else. And then now I'm sitting here like, oh, what I'm back. So no, yeah, 100%, I'll, I'll probably end up picking up again at some point. Again, probably, like, I'll probably get the PS5 one just for the sake of trophies. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I'm really, but oh, what really, a we, what we a described game. it, or I think we described it in the last episode. But when you play that game, it really does. Ju- it's just, it's just what you need. It's just that when you're sick, yeah. you just need that bot, that uh, bowl of chicken soup. You know that kind of feeling. You're like, oh, this is just. And yeah. it, uh, well, you described it as like a nice meal, don't we? It's like this is a nice, satisfying meal, at a nice restaurant. It's yeah, just, it's, it hits the spot you said, every time. You, you finish the game, and you're like, I'm. Satisfied, yeah. probably going. Ah, that was just perfect. That was like the best meal I've ever had. And you just think, years later, you go back and think about that that one meal you had. That was oh, yeah, I remember that meal. It was such a good meal. And that's that's what that game is. It's I have no issues with mm-hmm. it. <laughs> it's just perfect. I've got no issues um, with it. I love it. So my number four is Death Door. Yes. Oh, so right. we're getting into <laughs> the. They're, they're repeating stuff here. Death Door yep. is my number four. Again, we already, already record, echoed good. our thoughts on it. Um, Play Death Door. There's no in my mind that this game would be at least in the top five. Um, that that game didn't really move from a spot at all, honestly. Uh, it was the other games that kind of... Well, it's actually pretty much the top five never really moved at all, to be honest. It was the bottom, fi- uh, the bottom five that did. But yeah, Death Door, solid. Yeah. Uh, okay, and looking for an excuse to play it, and my other excuse is the fact that it's on PlayStation and I haven't played it on there. Same with uh, Resident Evil 7, actually, going back to Resident Evil briefly, because I am in the mood for that kind of game again. And I haven't played Resident Evil 7 on the Xbox. I played that back when we were full on PlayStation. Oh, all right. Uh, back in the PS4 yeah, days, yeah. Uh, when we transitioned over. So I've got another excuse to play that, so I might just play 7 to get that. I'm just so happy. Resident Evil's back <laughs> in such a big way. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, happy it's with it as perfect. Well. So, number three, Bill. Number three. I broke the rules slightly. This game didn't That's come fine. out this year, but I played it this year. Um, it's only because the certain console that you can play it on was, you know, wasn't exactly available at the time. Are you ready to handle it again? <laughs> I know what it is. It's a game I also played this year, but... Uh, Yep, it probably would have been on my list, but I just wanted to stick to. I had newer games on anyway, but it is worthy of being on a top ten. Yeah, uh, yes. Demon Souls, excellent game, um, is number three. Uh, the other, again, the other reason I put it in, in, and I feel like again, I wanted to stick to games that were exclusively twenty twenty one, but at the time, PS fives were, and they still are difficult to pick up. Um, so a lot of people, Demon Souls would have been like. A 2021 game, so that's how I'm justifying it. Um, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's really excellent. Um, Demon Souls was my first time it's, play, it's a, finishing a Souls game, and what a place to start from because that game is beautiful. It's, it's fabulous. <laughs> uh, it's, it's awesome. Oh yeah, from start to finish, that game is just fun. Um, I, there's not a bad moment in that game where you'd be like, "Oh man, oh." Um, I loved it. Yeah, absolutely excellent. Um, it's it's not Bloodborne for me personally. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as Bloodborne. I love that game, but it's still it's still fabulous. Absolutely brilliant. Um, get yourself a PS5, a copy of Demon Souls, 
yeah. I love it. It's, if you're into that kind of thing. Obviously, it's not everyone's cup of tea, which is obviously fair enough. Um, but it's still very, very, very good. It's well worth picking up a PS5 for. And it looks amazing. Oh, it's like, it really shows off what the PS5 still, can do. I think for me, it's one of the better looking games on PlayStation still. Um, it's, it still looks a lot. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of the, the thing about Demon's Souls is it's kind of ruined the other games for me because of how good it looks. Even Elden Ring, like yeah, it's hard to go El- back. Elden to Ring ones. still looks like those from Soft Souls games. Um, yeah, it's got that look to it. I mean, it, so that's because they're going for PS4 and Xbox One yeah. again. That we need to get past this generation. We do. We do. Um, so that that are sort of somewhere I still is there. And I remember reading, I read an article saying that um, the developer from Soft are very anxious about revealing. The gameplay of Elden Ring because of how good Demon Souls looked, they just it, it actually knocked their confidence. Yeah, a bit, and um, no wonder That's because it's, it looks amazing. Demon Souls, like if that's the way things are going for mm-hmm. uh, those kind of games in the future, then I'm excited to see what Blue Point has up their sleeves for an original one. game because every game they just seem to get yeah. their hands on, they just excel at. Demon Souls, great game, number three for me. 100% get yeah. it played and I'm really happy I played through it it's gotten me more excited for Eternal Ring so my number three yep. is Resident Evil Village <laughs> yes hey. uh, again that's, that's yeah this is a game that would have, would have easily been number one but the other two games I have ahead, have ahead of it were I know one of your number twos <laughs> number two but I can't think of what your other one is I'm trying to work. I, know, I know one of them for a fact I don't know what the other one is and it's oh, we'll, get there, we'll get there but yeah Resident Evil Village we've already talked about it as a satisfying meal it's yeah, it's, the, it's, I'm still satisfied talking about it that game is not just a snack I mean it's a snack and there's a characters in there that are snacks Lady Dimitrescu we haven't Including talked about yourself. Lady Dimitrescu she is oh, yeah. the performances in that game are fantastic from all the, the characters oh um, yeah I still think Capcom will be sitting thinking, damn it, we didn't add in enough of Lady Dimitrescu in, yeah, in that game. Yeah. Um, we need. Like, obviously, the internet blew up. Well, you know, like this eight, what, nine foot? Oh, she's she, spectacular. Uh, nine foot lady coming to get you. I remember when people were really hyped yep. about it because I watched the trailer, but I didn't watch it, watch it because I didn't really get an idea of the character and everyone was freaking out about it. I was like, why is it. Okay, I don't really get why everyone's freaking out. They're calling her mummy and stuff like that. But then I actually watched the trailer where you see the perspective of her character and how big she is, and I was I mean, <laughs> something came over me. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> I've never seen anyone this big before." Whoa, <laughs> it really was like that. I was like, well, as soon as I saw her walking through a door, I was like, "Whoa!" Uh, Hello, big mommy milkers. I mean, she's spectacular. Great, great actress as well. <laughs> Voice actress, amazing performance by her. Yep. Um, when you listen to her and see her as just a person, like just being herself, like you wouldn't think those two people are are the same at all. It just goes to show how good of an actress she is. Um, just fantastic, great set of characters, great environments. Uh, I just love the thing I love about this game, Resident Evil Village, is the village serves as the hub between the different areas, and each of the different era, uh, areas feels like a different yeah. game. Like the castle feels like a callback to the old mansion style. The the dollhouse feels like a, a, a reaction to PT. The swampy area with the big fish feels like a callback to Resident Evil 4. Um, yeah, there's just, it feels like a lot of like many games mixed into one. 
It's just it's just perfect. Absolutely love Resident Evil Village. I really want to play through it again. So yeah, that was my number three. Bill, number two. It's happening. Yes. Top two. Right. Right. I'm st- part of me still mulling this over, but I'm committing. I'm committing to my top two. Um, I'm pretty sure you could work out what my top two are at this point. I think so. Yeah. But what order? I don't know. This is the question. I'm just going to go for it. Number two for me is Forza Horizon oh. 5. <laughs> Very nice. There you go. Mm. I'm quite... It's it's good. It's such a good game. I love it. Uh, and it, honestly, I, I couldn't... If it wasn't for what I had as number one, it would have been my game of the year. By far. Easily. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, it's just that there was one game that just peaked it. Um, and I'm, well, you, you now know what that game yes. is. <laughs> um, but one game peaked it. Um, Forza Horizon Five is absolutely brilliant. It's like you said, it's on Game Pass. It feels like you're you've cheat, you've stolen it. it. Feels like you've you've stolen a game. Just download it for free. Um, obviously, like we bought the thirty pound upgrade that you can get for it. it. Gives you like the car pass and the expansions. That's right. when that I comes think they actually related um, to that. Uh, uh, an Amazon listing leaked out that the next um, expansion is coming out in the 22nd next week. Ooh. Apparently that lines up with all the previous games where they, after so many 70 odd days they release a new expansion. So the next expansion is rumored to come out within the next month or so. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Very much so. Yep, can't wait for that. Um, I'm just working my way through the the races and the stories. I don't know, but I've put enough time into it to know that I absolutely adore this game with everything. Um, I'll, I will play it more, pretty much until the next Forza comes out. Um, I love it. I love it so yeah, much. Yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, number two for me, Forza Horizon 5. Um, any other year, or if it wasn't for this one game, it would have been my number one. Um, but one game beat it. Indeed. By only just. So my number two. So this was difficult for me. It's tough. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the, the for me it was like the top three, or the top five in general. But I knew where Death's Door was going to be. I knew that would be number one. I knew where Resident Evil was going to be. Um, Deathloop was the last one that came in the last minute because I kind of moved things around. I thought, wait, well, my Deathloop should be higher when I started thinking about it more but this game this was the one that went back and forth the most for me it was number one then it was number two then it was number one then it was number two and I finally settled on it and uh, my number two is It takes two. <laughs> oh, it's not. Uh, there you go. I, mean, I, I thought that would have been your number one. It still could be, um, depending on which day you ask me. But when I finally settled on this mm-hmm. list, even up till last night, I was like, should it be number one? Should it be number two? And I couldn't decide on it. But I would 
probably still rank it as number one. It feels like a number one to me, and the reason it feels like a number one to me is because it's easily the most one of the most memorable experience game experiences I've ever had. Um, playing through this game with yourself and co-op. It's a co-op only game. Um, which inherently limits the playability of it because a lot of people don't have other people to play with. But we had each other, we were in full lockdown. And this game came along and just... It came out at it the really right did. time. This game is just spectacular. And a lot of people out there hate it, which is fine. A lot of people find the interact the book guy, uh, the book to be... Uh, what's his face? I forgot his name. The... <laughs> uh, I... oh, I've forgotten his name. Oh, I can't it's remember so his long. name. But I, the Mexican Yeah, book. the Hispanic book. Um, the Book of Love. He's uh, excellent. A lot of people, a lot of people <laughs> didn't like the character interaction between the husband and wife because they were like bickering a lot. Well, if you didn't like the bickering, and it takes two, you will not like the bickering in Guardians of the Galaxy because <laughs> the bickering yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy at a certain point is nonstop. Um, but I, 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 you were just blown away by this game. Like every single chapter was doing something different and constantly adding in new mechanics. And just blowing us away each time. The mechanics weren't difficult to the point where you couldn't really understand them. Like you picked up the mechanics fairly diff- uh, fairly easily and fairly quickly. But each of them were different to make it feel fresh each time. Um, and I absolutely love this game's sense of humour. And there's one scene yep. <laughs> that will stick with me for the rest of my life. I don't know which one this is. Uh, how about you tell the, scene, uh, tell the, viewer, the listeners? Uh, oh. No, you you do it. You do it. I, I can't think of okay. the words. So there's a scene where, well, I can't remember the exact. Um, yeah, I think at this point, a lot of people find this dark, but I found it to be quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, there's this part in the story where you have to make your way to find a way to get your daughter's attention. And so you're working your way up this desk and you get to the top of the desk and you're like, okay, we have to make our daughter cry. So let's go up to the top of this desk and we can like fly down and land on the bed and make our daughter cry. And at this point you don't well, know how you're going to make her... I think we actually streamed yeah. stream this. <laughs> yeah, we did. I think we, we did. actually streamed this. I don't know if the clip's still uh, Unfortunately, there, but... I wish I saved it. Unfortunately, it's gone now because the, the stark contrast between each of our reactions. Uh, so you come across this really nice elephant uh, who's a toy? Uh, one of your daughters. Uh, and I'm going to look up her name because uh, I can't remember the elephant's name. Uh, the elephant's name is Cutie the Elephant. Um, That's it. And we <laughs> the most adorable elephant. She's just such a sweetheart. She's got a little bow on. She just looks so cute. And I don't know how you come to this conclusion. I don't know how it got to the point where this thing happened. But you kill the elephant. You take that <laughs> elephant's life. But... So you sacrifice the elephant. Now, yep. I don't know. I think we were just so shocked by but what's it's, happening. It's the bit that you had to like. It's the bit where you had to drag the <laughs> elephant, though, and you were like, "What are we? What are and we?" And she's doing? like screaming, saying, "Please stop! Please!" Uh, and I was just in hysterics because <laughs> you're like the elephant is like. It's you're dragging this elephant's arms, I think, when you're or legs. You're dragging its arms, and yeah, if you're dragging it by its arms, by its arms, you have to pull up, push it off the side of a 
Was it you had to push it off something? Yeah, off the off table. table or something. Oh no, was it you ripped it? Or yeah, because you wanted to get yeah, your, make your daughter cry. So you thought, oh man, anyway. this is our daughter's favorite toy. So let's break this toy up. But the toy's alive. The toy's a person. Well, you know, it's, the toy's alive in this the the world that they're in. Um, but to the daughter is not, uh, or maybe it isn't. I'm not sure. But yeah, you're you're dragging along this poor little cutie the elephant. And she's screaming for her life. And there's like certain points where she's like holding on to like things that are on the table. There's at one point there's a nail that's sitting on the table, and she's like uh, grabbing onto dear life with her <laughs> her arms and stuff. Like that. And you you think she tries to save herself, and you're like, no, we can't let this happen. So you're constantly pulling at her. And then eventually, her uh, her trunk rips off, or her legs rip off, or something at some point. <laughs> it's just this so long bad. drag dr- the scene just drags out where you're, literally you're dragging the character and the scene itself drags out where you're just pulling this poor elephant along and she's just screaming and crying and as the farther you go along along this table just more of her pieces of her body are being ripped off uh, the poor little elephant then eventually gets to the point where you just throw her off the table and the daughter notices and notices that her limbs are missing uh, and then you make your way down and oh, hold on uh, Hello? Hope no. that your daughter starts crying, and then it gets even funnier where your your daughter starts crying, and you, <laughs> the both their parents are going like, "Yes, yes, we did it, yes!" And they're like bathing in the rain, the daughter's tears. <laughs> uh, so the daughter's tears land on them because they think that the the solution to get them out of this little miniature world is uh, to have their daughter's tears. <laughs> so they're just like laughing at the fact that the daughter's crying, her favourite toy, wrote, and her daughter's breaking their heart, and they're just on the bed going, yes, yes, cry, cry, give me your tears, give me your salty tears. <laughs> it's just one of the funniest scenes in any game ever. It's so dark. It's so dark, but so funny. But a lot of people were like really put off by that scene. I thought, you've got to have a sense of humour. I mean, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Uh, Either that, or we've just got a really dark. I mean, the whole time, entire time, you were screaming <laughs> like, "No, please, I hate, I can't do this, I can't do this." Uh, well, I was just laughing at the, everything that happened. Um, it was so bad. <laughs> it was yeah, so it was funny, just though. perfect. Oh. The game just does. But like you said, you need to have a bit of a sense of humor. Yeah, humor, yeah. Though. Don't take it too seriously, man. Just what a game! It's just even towards the end, it just kept doing things. Uh unique and fresh each time and I just never got bored of it. A lot of people say it was too long. I thought it was fine. Like I just Oh that was an okay length. So how do, how do you feel about it, Bill? I love it. I mean, I suppose at this point I'm sure you can work out that it's yeah. my number one. Um What that number is, one? That, that, that's what I put it. It was a massive fight. Yeah. Well deserved. Um it was a massive toss up between uh, it takes two and Forza Horizon five, but I was like, no, like it takes two tops it. Um, just because it's got, like, obviously, like you said, it was fully on co op, which was a lot of fun. It came out at the right time. Moments like that elephant scene. Um, the fact that the game doesn't, you know, it's not really the same thing no. from start to finish. It changes yeah. a lot. Um, there's like callbacks to very, other games very, as well. There's, there's literally a scene in that game where there's just straight up the last scene from Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, or it turns into like a yeah. 2D fighter uh on a plane it's just awesome oh yeah it's so 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 good from start to finish that game's amazing grab yourself a co-op partner and get it played it's, it's and again it's yeah that's game right pass. yeah it's on game pass need to buy it. and speaking of that uh this is another game i got for cheap thanks to microsoft awards this is another game i get 10 pound off um 
which made it even sweeter, and you played it, you downloaded the free version. I would happily Download play through version. this game again yep. to get you those achievements. In a heartbeat. Oh yeah, because I don't yeah. because of the free version. The free, I would yeah. happily play no, through this so. again. We'll maybe need to rearrange that for some time. We should. Because I'd love oh, to yeah. play through it again. It's absolutely It takes two is just... It's so good. One of my just one of the best games this year. So happy I, I bought it. Oh yeah, to to me it was yeah. the best one. Yes. Oh, absolutely, that, uh, it is the best game this year. But my number one, and we've established your number one is it takes two. Um, and what a game that should be number one. But this game I feel a bit stronger about because it made me cry. Oh, well, it, it takes two made me cry as well, but maybe cry in hysterics. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the first, actually, this first, my top two games made me cry, uh, which you don't often get in games. No, I, I don't know what your number one is. I'm trying to wrap my brain around it, and I just can't think. I, I know as soon as I hear it, yes. I'm going to be like, uh, My number one game is... But I can't, I... Outer Worlds Echo of the Eye. Outer Wilds. You know, I was actually thinking that's going to show up at some point. Of course, it's so Outer Wilds. This is technically... <laughs> a lot of people would argue this is only it's a DLC. DLC, but it's an expansion, and it is effectively an entire new game. Uh, I've went into detail about this in a prior podcast. I'm not, again, I'm not being... If I, were, if I were to be strict and not include expansions, then that would leave things out like Final Fantasy fourteen, which I don't think is fair, because I think things mm-hmm. like Final Fantasy fourteen Shadow Walker, like, that is a big release. Even if it is, it's about thirty-five, thirty-five to forty. Yeah, like it's, it adds it's a like lot to that game. It's a new content. It's a new physical release. Uh, money you put towards it. It's not a minuscule DLC pack, and it's like this as well. Also, this is on the scale of um, something like Shadow uh, Shadowbreakers. Um, but uh, it, Shadowbreakers. Shadowbreakers. Sorry. Um, I don't know why we're getting Shadow. Is something called Shadowbreakers? <laughs> is that a game? Shadow Shadow Breakers. Shadow Breakers. Let's have a Google. No, well, there's a game name for you if anyone is looking for a a game name. So, well, how talented (laughs) are we? Creating new games, (laughs) coming up with game names. Um, So yeah, I went into detail about Echoes of the Eye, and I gave a, I think I gave a fairly good spoiler-free overview of why this game, uh, this expansion to the original game, is very good. And I'll echo some of that same stuff here, is that it is it builds on top of probably my favourite game of all time, but does it in such a way that like it takes to it just completely surprises you and the mechanics, because the mechanics within this DLC expansion are completely different from anything in the main game. And it takes you to a place and the reveal of that place when you're there in that new area just blow it just blew my mind. I'll never forget it. It was one of the it took me back to the Oblivion when you first go out to the sewers and you're in that open world. I remember that moment so well with my friend Andrew when I went to Blockbuster and I bought it. Came back because I bought it a little a while after um, Oblivion originally came out. My first in, in interaction with Oblivion was via my friend Martin and he was playing it in third person with the camera all the way back and it just looked awful. And it was, it was in Kavach, and I thought, this game looks shit. I'm not buying this. 
But then I really wanted that game to play during the summer when I was off school. And I saw Oblivion and I thought, oh, I may as well just pick it up, not knowing what to expect. And it blew me away that game. And that moment of walking out the sewer, I'll never forget. I had something similar with this. Though with Oblivion it was because of how it looked, whereas in this it was because of how different it was from everything else that I experienced in this game. And it was that wow moment where I was like, wow. I was not expecting this. I was just so shocked. And everything about this DLC expansion is amazing. They've managed to make me cry again. And the ending to this DLC just really hit home. Um, It really felt like the game came full circle. It was really heartwarming, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, it, was, it was a nice happy. Well, I wouldn't call it a happy ending. It was uh, a moment where I'm not, I can't say anymore because I don't want to spoil it. But it was just a, a moment I wasn't expecting to happen in this game because the uh, the thing that happens at the end of this was nothing like anything that happened in the previous and the the main game, and it just meant a lot. The music at the time, the way that was. The music was swelling up and everything you were seeing and happening in front of you. It was just a really beautiful moment. And the fact that they had the balls to turn it into a horror game at the same time. Because the the Outer Wells, the base game of that, like it actually is quite freaky at times, especially certain sounds and music that plays in areas when you're reading because the story in the original game is only told through reading logs from this ancient race that they've left on these walls that they've carved in. And that's all those, the way the story is told. It's not like you have to find the story for yourself and piece it together. Which a lot of people don't like because there's no cutscenes or anything like that. It's just every 22 minutes you die and you have to re- retain that information. And there's a computer that does it for you where it retains certain things. But story-wise you have to retain information in your head and... uh you play through it over and over again and build up the story about you know, what happened and why this time loop exists. Um, I was like that in this as well, but it's a bit different. Um, the way they tell the story in this, they don't tell it through logs. There's no, You don't read anything in this. They tell it through pictures, which is very different uh, from the base game. And they use that effectively to the point where it actually... There's certain moments where this game kept me up until five in the morning because I just couldn't stop because I just became so addicted to I need I need to know more, I need to know where this is going. And there were some moments where you're finding that information when you're looking at the pictures where it's just genuinely scary. And you're like, what is going on here? Like, why is this happening? And the music especially really adds to it. Um it's just really freaky. And then there's like the game isn't like two halves. You have that moment the that part of the game where you're Oh sorry. Oh, Everything alright? Hello? Oh, good oh, night. That's fine. Yep. We'll see. No worries. Sorry about that. Uh, the game's in like two halves. They're the uh, start of the game where you're trying to find that information piece things together then the second part of the DLC is turns into a straight horror game which is uh, terrifying. Um... But I can see why a lot of people don't like it because it really does force you into a a playstyle in that game that is completely different from the rest of the game and it is quite difficult if you don't figure out the shortcuts because you can really just run yourself into a wall wherever you can get really frustrated by thinking it's all your fault if you don't discover a certain thing or certain things within the level if you didn't explore them 
properly prior. But for me, it's just it had to be number one because it's just it's just it's never a game has never really made me feel the way this game made me feel, and including the DLC, and it's one of the few games ever to like just it just grabs me and made me play that game until like five in the morning sometimes. Uh, some days when I was playing through it, it just really it's just really good. Everyone should play Outer Wilds. It's now on Game Pass. This came back. Um, it's back. I've downloaded it. Yeah, I'm worried. Uh, I'm hyping this game up too much about it being my favorite game ever, while simultaneously not telling you anything about it. Um, <laughs> it, it might. That'll be the kind of thing that what small time going. Yeah, so. it really does. Though it's, it really does, and it might not be for people at all. Like I've really bounced off Outer Wilds when it first came out. On Game Pass, I loaded it up. I thought, I like the sound of flying around a little mini solar system. Loaded it up. I thought, ugh, not sure how I feel about the way this game looks. Then I got on the ship and flew around. I thought, no. Where's the where's the cutscenes? Where's the story? Where's all this and that? And I just didn't get it. But it was when I went back to it later on in November that year, 2019, once I heard all this hubbub about it, I thought, okay, I'll give it one more chance. And that one more chance turned that game into my favorite game of all time. And this DLC makes the game even better. That was my number one. Mm, number one. Well deserved. It is. I love it. No, that's good. That's good. And there you have it. Our top ten list. It is. Our top ten. I think it was a, I think it was a, a solid year. Yeah, I think there was a good mix of stuff there as well. It was a very good year. Oh, very much so. One game that I was expecting to be on it never was. Uh, not even a mention. Um, that I was going to mention it earlier, but just in case you decided you were going to put it on it, was Back for Blood. Um, no. Really expecting to be like, yeah, that game's amazing. No. No, I, I haven't played it since we last played it. I've only played through one not. campaign. Uh, or one episode, or however they break it down. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's like... Never really felt the urge to be like, oh, I could go play some Bat for Blood or anything like that. Again, it's on Game Pass. Really good Game Pass game. But it's like Left for Dead without Soul is probably the best yeah, way to Yeah, there's something missing in that game. Yeah, from what we played. There is something missing. Yeah. It's just, it's not what I was wanting. But at the same time, it is what I was wanting without what I was wanting. It's I'm really hoping odd. that, because um, this year um, a game just came out on Game Pass. Uh, called the Anacrusis, which is a similar game. It's a four-player co-op PVE game in the same style. And this year has got a few mm-hmm. games like that, and another game somewhere that's a Microsoft exclusive is Redfall, and it's from Arcane. Well, of course, I was freaking about Redfall. And I wonder if that. I'm yeah. really curious about that game and how that game will hold up compared to Back for Blood. Um, I'm excited to see what that's like because that deals with vampires and stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, it could be really so good. An, actually. an arcane take on the Left 4 Dead ass game could be really interesting, especially after playing Deathloop. I'm really excited to see what they can do. I think it's Arcane Austin who are making it, not Arcane, the French one, the original Arcane. But um, yeah, still very excited to see. I think Arcane it was Arcane Austin that made Prey. I think so. And a lot of people really like that game. So I'm excited to see what they do with that. Um, yeah, it, the year ahead, which we've already discussed earlier in the show, which feels like days ago because it was days ago for us. There's just a lot of uh, really exciting games coming out, so it's going to be a good 
a good time. Yep. A lot of good stuff coming out. A lot of good chat to be had. Yeah. Probably the next few. Oh, I actually ended up watching, because I haven't watched gameplay of Dying Light 2 since E3 last year. And I, was, I watched that on a stream of like a, a press conference stream where it was like 1080p and all compressed. So, oh, right. One of the yeah, so things. I actually watched a gameplay video because it just came out in like full 4K60. Ooh, that game looks good. Seeing that game yeah, in with wait. the 4K. Oh, I'm really oh. looking forward to it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for that game. Actually, maybe like I want to As just play through Dying Light 1 again, but I thought, no, no, just calm down. I've I've got an urge for Dying Light One, but I'm resisting all temptation. Um, just because I'm like, well, Dying Light Two is coming out. Wait for that, and you'll yeah. I, I really want to just hold off and get back into that gameplay. Because uh, we played pretty much all of that game in co-op, apart from the last mission. Because the last mission, yeah, I think the last yeah, mission you had to do single, single player. player. So uh, I'm hoping we'll be able to play a lot of it in co-op as well. Uh, this time around, because it really does add to it. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm absolutely yeah. Can't wait. But yeah, that was our top 10 games of the year. I think that is us, Bill. We sort of front-loaded the... I believe that is us for this week as well. With a, a lot of stuff we probably could have saved for the end, but... Um, looking <laughs> back on it now. But yeah, that is us. Next week. I think next week... So it'll probably be... I think just because of... Um, well, I said earlier in the show... I had a course thing, but I wasn't sure if that's confirmed. It has been confirmed. It starts next week. Um, so things may be, in my may be a bit quieter. So I think next week we should still do an episode that's not focused on what we've been playing or the news. I think we should. So I have an idea in mind. I really do want to do that Xbox show. And I think we should do that mm-hmm. next week. Just for like no pressure for like you playing your backlog or anything like that. So the next two weeks... That's fair. I want the Xbox special to finally celebrate their 20th birthday. Um, and then the week after that, I think instead of talking about the Series X within that um, episode, the Xbox episode, we should do a, a year in review for the PS5 and Series X on another episode, focusing purely on uh... looking back on the past year uh, about the consoles and discuss our things we like leading up to the launch of the consoles what we thought at the time and we event- when we eventually got the consoles what we thought and a review of the past year of using the consoles and maybe a look ahead prepare for a lot of retail stories and that yeah that's that's what I'm quite excited <laughs> about is that this is a different insight um, into that so I think we should put that as the next two weeks will be that so probably the week three will be at the end of whenever end of January, I guess, or early February. Um, yeah, it'll be early February. We'll just record it on a Friday, I think. Uh, that will be our episodes for the next couple of weeks, as just random stuff. So I imagine the next and then three weeks time, you will will have played a lot of your backlog anyway. So I'm yeah, hoping so anyway. By then, I'm probably have a a game or two finished. And there'll be plenty of news. There's already a lot of news anyway, actually. But we won't get into that in this. Because it's the end. We have reached the end. So thank you for listening. So long, farewell. I don't know the rest of the words of that song. 
Auf Wiedersehen, oh, good night. Yeah. I always say goodbye for some reason. <laughs> uh, instead of good night on that song. But anyway, yes, that is us. Mm-hmm. Episode 10, we reached 10 episodes, finally. I thought we would never get there, but we did. Uh, yeah, so yep. that's us. And Billy, who are we? We're the gamer. Knows. That's right. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a good, have a good time. I will. Bye. Bye. Bye.